Welcome everyone to the OG Pod. Today I'm here with Ben Bazangas, who's a local comic here in Austin. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me to this podcast. Let up. This is pretty cool out here, man. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So you got five years in the game. Tell us a story about comedy. What's going on? Ooh, five years in the game. Yeah, I guess it's five years in the game. It's kind of weird because like you do the pandemic year and it's like that was like a year lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I moved to Austin the next year and it was kind of like touch and go with doing comedy so i feel like i almost lost like two years of just comedy time in terms of just not doing anything comedically for that while but yeah we're going on five years yeah yeah, it'll be five years sometime this year. Yeah, if you count cumulative time, for me, it's about 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy's like if you actually count time on a stage, I don't know, it might be an hour. <laughs> you you realize you like being off stage more than you like being on stage? Dude, I love doing podcasts. I just love what we're doing here, just sitting down, talking, you know, like, I mean, I love comedy as well, but there's zero friction here. Did you, not, <laughs> did you not like being on like the on stage portion? Or like, what no, was it I love that. that. It's okay. just the grind of actually getting getting on the stage mm. if somebody teleports you onto a stage in front of a crowd that's like the ideal right yeah that's, that's you know, I, I just I, I i figure uh build up your social media build up a podcast build up other kind of avenues and then you have something to offer comics basically yeah no i feel that it's like it's a weird thing because one of the reasons I got into comedy originally was because I didn't want to do like online comedy. Like I was like, I don't want to post videos and stuff. I was like, really old, okay. I was just some like old man, and I don't want to do what these young bucks are doing. Make some YouTube videos. What about know? Trevor Wallace? You don't like his stuff? You know, it's funny. I met Trevor Wallace when he first started doing stand up comedy. Oh yeah. So I was working. I was living out in Boston, well outside of Boston, like Worcester, Mass, and we had a local club there called the Woo Ha Ha, and Trevor Woo-ha-ha. Wallace came through. And uh, yeah, Worcester, haha, I don't know, woo ha ha is what it's called. It's a terrible name, but it's not bad. But he came through, and this was like right when he'd gotten really popular. And they were like, okay, like you've gotten really popular, I think on like Vine or whatever before TikTok was a thing or whatever the reels were back in like 2012 or something. Yeah, yeah. But this was around 20, I want to say 19. Okay. So yeah, this is like 2019 or like, yeah, 2019 or so, I'm probably guessing somewhere around there. And he came through to the venue to do a stand-up set. Now, he didn't have 45 minutes of material, but because he has a following, he's able to, like, sell out the show. But, like, watching him do, like, 45 minutes, it was, like, hard to do. It was rough. Yeah, he didn't have 45 minutes of material. So it was, like, features were killers. They just come through, like, his feature guy did, like, 15, 20, just murdered. And then he comes up. And he's just like, kind of like writing that. But I will say in his defense, he's gotten a lot better at comedy like over time. But like when he was first started, I don't think he had 45 minutes to do. And you could tell watching him do it. But he had a following. So that's See, really kind of like thing where is you, you have to bring something to the scene. Either you have a following and like they can buy tickets or you have something to offer other comics that will help you get on stage. You know what? In this Austin comedy scene, it's a lot more like that than scenes I've been in. Oh, yeah? So, like, the box... Well, like, LA, you just pay, right? You pay five bucks. That's kind of nice. I mean, LA scene's also like that, but LA has this weird thing about, like, everyone just cares about, like, who you know there. Right. So, it's like, everyone's always like, oh, and, like, someone has some clout, and everyone's trying to, like, juice them for all their worth. There's this kind of weird pretentiousness to it that I don't like. But, like, more so here is, like... It's kind of like the wild west of comedy out here in the sense that like there's not really yeah. any established everything is post covid all this stuff is post covid cuz even when I first moved here like the scene is so much different then when I first moved here the creek and the cave wasn't even here wow. like Vulcan wasn't being used 
um, Tony Hinchcliffe did Kill Tony at Anton's. Yeah. So it was like the whole scene was different, you know? And like I've watched it change. And then with all the like Cap City coming in, Rogan's coming in, Club coming in. So all this is going to change again within the next yeah. year or two. It's going to be evolving so much. Yeah. I love it. I love that chaos. So that part is cool. So like in this meantime, like Wild West is just like, yeah, my friend's got a friend who knows a bar. Let's put on a show there. And it's yeah. like. Who are the people like I've been doing comedy for eight months now? I'm going to be the gatekeeper of this comedy yeah, show. It's right. like, do you even know what funny is? Yeah. And it's like you so that part of it is kind of weird compared to what I'm used to. Um in people terms that are like have 10, 20 years of experience, they can like gauge talent based off of five seconds of like interacting with you or whatever. Not only just that, but like the established venues, like when I was in Boston, all of the scenes, like the, the comedy clubs that have been there, like um, they were owned by certain people and you knew who the bookers were like even all the self-produced shows They'd been there for years. You knew where they were at. You knew who was running them um, So there was a lot more just established comedy venues and spots in the scene yep. than you yep. have here here It's like who's running that? It's like well, it's some comic that's you know what I'm saying and you, do you like it though Or how do you wish it was different? You know, I don't think it's I think it's just an adjustment because sure, I was right. so used to that older scene It's like when you get into like, okay, these are the people that I need to Travel, these are the places I need to go and be and these are the people I need to go and meet and kind of like that. So you had a much clearer vision of what you were trying to do versus here it's like, well, I guess I go hang out at the Creek in the Cave yeah. or I go hopefully get on Kill Tony and they like me and then yeah. put get me on, on the secret, secret show. show and then yeah. I get in with Rogan and cross my fingers. Like yeah. It's like you're playing like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like really Wonka hoping you get that like lucky like Tony Hinchcliffe like, and a couple of people have got it, but for the majority, you go on the secret show even if you go well on kill tony you go on the secret show and then what like you're still a comic doing the same thing you were before yeah. maybe with a few couple hundred more followers you get you some had credits few, yeah you get like oh i was on kill tony you have a couple more hundred followers it's maybe. nice to have those and credits though because then you can shop yourself around to different clubs like you can be like hey i've been on this show oh i recognize that right. you know i like that's something i i've heard before in a sense but like I don't think really that really means anything as much anymore here. You don't think to bookers or like people like if you wanted to go on the road and like go work at different clubs, like assume you actually had, you know, 20 minutes. I don't know how much material do you think you have? I mean, the most time I've done, I've done half hours. So, so much time. Yeah. The first time I did a half hour was completely accidental. The guy told That's me. That's like saying you can run 20 miles. It's like, what? Yeah. Well, marathon's 26. Some yeah. people do this consistently. Yeah, I guess. It's wild. I guess. But uh, no, I can run like half a mile if that. If my life depended on it, I could probably make it half a while. I saw you working out. You're an athlete. You could make it happen. I mean, I'm listen, I would, but then I'd probably start throwing up. Like yeah. at that point, I'd get a cramp three and a three fourths of a mile in. That's when I'd you be, know you're doing real work, though. Yeah. And then you by the mile in, bit. I'd be like, fuck <laughs> it. Jesus, take the wheel. This is it. Oh. Catch me, whoever's chasing me. This is all I got. But, um, like in that sense, I think here with that, you, you can like, even if you do like a good show or whatever, if you have like a club, like you do like a club gig or whatever, and you email like a booker, then no, I don't think anyone really cares for that. It's like who, you know, in terms of who you've worked with or it's who the whole world, vouch right? for you. Like if you have somebody vouching for you, somebody that you like, that like has an in at the club, it's going to be a lot better for you than like sending yeah. out like. Unless you have like uh, the other thing is just having a really good tape. Having a really good tape helps. Um, if you're a visiting comic, you can reach out to people and be like, "Hey," and they may or may not watch it. But if they do watch it or they're checking for it, at least you know you have something that says that you're able to do this. So I think that helps a little bit. But 
other than that, I, don't I think know. you got to build those credits up. You got to build up the con- the uh, network, and you got to build up the material in terms of like how much you've recorded. When you get all three, that's when doors can start opening. Well, but yeah. it does super help who you know is basically everything in this world. For and sure. what are they willing to do for you? <laughs> well, I think that's also like the one of the things that I've never been like a person like that wants anything. So it's always like, what can I bring to the table? And, like, even when I did my first, like, half-hour set accidental, they told me I had no time. And so I looked. I was like, all right, I'm just going. And the next thing you know, I'm, like, 26 minutes in. I'm like, cool. I still have some material left in the tank. Let's wrap this up. And after that, I was like, okay, I know I could do a half-hour now. But it's like I never wanted to be in a position where I had an opportunity that I didn't have the skills to take advantage of. Yeah, Like, for example, like, you go on Kill Tony. Let's say you have a really hot minute. And then they're like, okay, come do this 10 minutes set. And then you go up there and you... Like, don't I have, have 10 minutes three minutes and i yeah. bomb you know what i'm yeah. saying so it's like i never wanted to be in that position. if i was doing if i was the showrunner or whatever i don't know what the labels or terms for any of these people are but the person controlling the show i would never do timed sets i would just be like as long as you have and when you're not funny i'll boo you off the stage <laughs> like if i ever put on a show here it is going to be something like you have until i get bored <laughs> that's how long you have you know that would be a, that's an interesting concept the thing i've heard some open mics do that um, but I would yeah, say... Yeah, like uh, who has the Wild West mic? Yeah, yeah, Dean, Dean Allen. Yeah, Dean uh, Stanfield. Stanfield, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so, they have the lights that boo you off or whatever. Yeah, you ha- but you also have to do that because I think comedy shows, I hate when comedy shows are too long. Totally. I think the longest comedy show, longest a comedy show which should be is an hour and a half. That's a long show. That's a very long show. The long. That's a like practiced next. hand. They can like improv. They can take cues from the audience. They have like a million stories to supplement. I mean, and you, they have their material. Well, if you're then, a headliner, I would say like a that would be. I can't even imagine the headliner doing like 45 minutes. So you have like an opener, feature, and and a headliner. Total an hour and a half. If it's just a headliner going on by himself, you do an hour, hour and ten minutes. Tops. That's the but show. it's funny that you say because we're kind of the opposite in this way like i want to do online comedy i love the idea of doing like skits and stuff not skits necessarily but you know cool stuff on youtube and um but it sounds like you're more into like just like the actual performance art of being on the stage interacting with the crowd having it live the energy in the room i I love Maybe a drink in your hand. I love the live aspect of comedy because there's nothing else that you can do that gives you the real time feedback. Yeah. If I make like a video and I post it online, then I'm like scrolling my updates. I can see likes or whatever and I can see videos. Oh, you don't see people's people eyes. You don't see right. emotion. But like when I do a set and I say something funny and I hear someone go, oh shit, yeah. and cover yeah. their mouth or I see someone be like, oh, or almost spit out a drink. Yeah. Like, or have that interaction. Like, there's an energy you feel from being on stage. And when I first started doing comedy, um, I just never was like, I don't want to make YouTube videos. Like, that wasn't my thing. Like, now I'm much more open to it. I think what it is for me is finding um, ways to create something that I don't think is, like, I'm, like, I don't feel like I'm a minstrel doing it, if that makes any sense. Like, in the sense that, like, I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of where we've gotten to now when people create content, they don't create content for like the sake of creating something that they think people will like or they enjoy. They create content for the sake of, I got to make enough content that fights all these check boxes in the algorithm that's going to get my followers up. And so it's kind of, so the content feels like it's 
it doesn't have as much the audience in mind. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. But do you want the audience in mind, or do you just no, want not, to like do your thing and whoever loves it loves it, or maybe everyone hates it and it's well, how it is? I would I say know. now I feel like the concept people make has the audience in mind. It has too much of the audience in mind in terms of like. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. You yeah, like saying? the TikTok, like like, everything. Yeah, is like, like this is algorithm. The you move, gotta do it this yeah, way. Yeah, this is this the song. The, yeah, this is the dance move that's hot. Yeah. This is what the audience wants to hear right now. So if I make this video, if I do it in this filter from this angle, this is yeah. what's hot right now. Yeah. If I do it in this amount of time this length this is what the algorithm says that people like right now this is what everyone's going to enjoy this is what's going to get my follower account i fall so, into those traps yeah. well, myself right so everything created now is created for the algorithm it's created mm-hmm. to get the followers to mm-hmm. get the fans and for me that's always been like the exact opposite of what i i never really i just love the process all, of that's all business there's yeah. no art there's no expression right there's no you don't get that same you don't you don't feel like you know you do it you're like got a follower yeah but you don't do it like yo that was something that i really that you want yeah so where does your comedy where does your comedy come from like what do you like to talk about and how do you i don't not even subjects but just like what what's your process so just whatever i think about um i always think if i think about something more than three times then i write a bit about it that's good And, and so yeah so anything that's just on my mind a lot or like anything that i find like I think a lot of the things that I find are like that there's something I'm like, that's wild to me. And if I keep saying that's wild to me, then I got to write a comedy bit about it. Um, just in the sense that like a lot of things I think are very, we live in a very ass backwards world sometimes. And so I think a lot of that, what I try to embody in my comedy is kind of just pointing out the ridiculous nature of the society we live in. And yeah. like, I know, I guess that sounds pretentious. Like, Oh, I'm just out here. Calling no, it's the, the job. You That's know what it is? Job. I mean, but I wouldn't say I get that serious about it. I think a lot of it is like biographical in the sense of like my life and where I'm from. And yeah. the other part about it is like just my perspective and my take on things, right. whether it's right or wrong, doesn't matter. It's just more so like, this is how I view it. Yeah. This is the tell world through your wrong. eyes. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong with this idea and we'll see, go from there. So, but yeah, so I think that's kind of what I do. Sometimes I try to sit down. I try to sit down and write for at least an hour a day. And then sometimes it's just an, time. You know, an hour. That's a good amount of time. It goes by quicker. Yeah. Like, you, I have to like, it takes a while. There's always that, like you start it and then you have that instinct to stop after mm-hmm. like a little bit. But once you can get passed into that and you, then you kind of, room. yeah, you just go into a rhythm and sometimes you can't even think of anything, but sometimes you're just writing something and just, I put down whatever on paper. Most of the time it's going to be garbage, but every now and again I get a funny line or an idea and I'm like, cool. What would happen if somebody hacked your computer and sent all of those private messages out to the world? Would you go to jail? <laughs> if somebody hacked, would it my be com- trouble? If somebody hacked my computer, uh, they would find nothing. I've never yeah, watched porn okay. on my laptop and I really Only don't. on the phone. You, uh, my, phone seen, my phone has seen some shit. My phone <laughs> yeah. has been through some shit. They all have. But yeah, yeah. So I don't really, t- I don't like typing out my jokes. I like writing them by hand. So I have a bunch of notebooks. I always like to write by hand. I feel like there's a connection better from my hand when I write oh, I it that. than I feel so mechanical typing it. It's like, it's like there's nothing coming. But when I write, I'm like, Oh, I get all these ideas. Can so I I've, tell you an idea of something that I want somebody to please build, please build it. I don't, I can't build it. Uh, maybe if I get enough money, I can build it. Maybe you can. Yeah, maybe I can. But I need a typewriter that is totally disconnected from the internet, but still gives that feeling of like you're getting words on a physical page, mm. impossible to be read by a machine. And it needs to be high performance so you can type as fast on that mechanical keyboard 
as you can on a computer. Like a new age keyboard. Like a new, new age, age typewriter. typewriter. And maybe okay. even you get a USB port in there mm. and like it and, and it gives you like a digital copy. But the main thing is it cannot have any connection to the internet. Yeah. I th the distractions on the internet. Yeah. No distractions, no screen, no mm -hmm. nothing. Fast, easy to use. Backspace for and it applies wide out, you know, yeah, like yeah. anything to make it the same as a regular typewriter. No, that would be convenient. I think... Wouldn't that be cool? I, I mean, I don't like typing. So for me, okay. I think it would be cool, though, the concept of not being able to get on. I think that's one of the things is the distractions that screens provide. It's the distractions, but it's also the closer you can get to that handwriting where you're taking time with each letter. Right. I think that's where you, it gets in. Yeah. there's Because there's something to be said for physically writing this. I was yep. like reading something about the, the, the connections your brain makes when it has to move the physical muscles in your hand to create letters, oh, which is why um, there's like a... This is why a lot of some people use calligraphy as something cathartic because of that process. And for me, it's always been like I've always just felt like I created better. Like there's like a block almost like I can't access like my thoughts when the computer like the it feels so mechanical. And I feel like there's a I don't I don't want to sound too like fooey or like foo fooey if it like the, but I feel like there's something about connecting to like nature and the universe and that kind of thing when yeah. you write with the like just write on a hand like I feel like I have better connection to that I whatever that, it is when totally. I write with my hand comparative to when I type so it's something well how long lines. have we been typing maybe a hundred years how long have we been writing a thousand two thousand I don't know thousands of years easily right well I also think there's a different mental process between writing and typing like mm -hmm. when you write, you are physically connecting your hand movements, a physical movement from your hand and your whole arm in general mm -hmm. to your brain. Mm -hmm. What does a C look like? When I write well, I write in cursive. So like I'll write in cursive. What does a cursive T and H and Z look like? Mm -hmm. And I have to physically think about that as I write to make the letters. So it's like a constant connection to my yeah. brain to create in that process, which I think kind of gets the juices flowing versus when I think of a word, I'm not even looking at keys when I type. I don't have to think about what the art feels like. I'm just typing a letter. On but a sometimes do you ever have so many ideas that like you feel like you just got to get them onto the page? If I ever feel like that, then I'll just start talking. Oh, good call. So that's call. like my thing. So like voice a lot recorder. Of, yeah, I start voice yeah, recording and call. I'll just talk into the voice recorder. And that helps me a lot when I just want to get out ideas. I'm just like, I need to word vomit all this. Blah. That's and a really just, good idea. And I just, yeah, and I can go back and listen to it if I want to take anything from it or write from it if I want to go back and play it again. But sometimes I definitely feel like that. And that's when I bring out the voice recorder. Yeah, I like that process. And then now we got these AI uh, transcripts tools. Yeah. They'll take that and make a perfect transcript of it. So then you can like put that into your word editor right yeah that's and convenient to do that i never even thought about that i would just like word vomit it yeah so yeah there's there's that do you ever feel like um do you feel like you you say ideas out loud better or you write them better i definitely ooh, i don't know i mean as far as volume goes i can speak a lot probably like 45 hours a day <laughs> like but as far as writing goes i feel like i have more coherent things that because you know you can edit you can't edit what you say well, well i'm not saying like the final product but like i feel like a lot of my best ideas and jokes or thoughts if i get them out vocally or verbally before then it like works different than if i think of them and write them first i don't know if i have enough experience in the realm of comedy to like 
have that distinction, but um, no, it not is even comedy like by yourself. Like, have you ever been writing and you say something out loud to yourself to see what it sounds like before you write it? No, no. When I'm writing, I'm just letting it flow. Mm-hmm. Just whatever comes out, comes out. And a lot of it is what my process, even though I never do it <laughs> in theory, is just get every single thought onto the page, delete 90% of it. Oh, that's fair. I guess sometimes if I have an idea and the, and it like, I, you never have like, it, I have like an idea and it just, it's not getting out the way that I'm like, what am I, what is this? And it feels mm-hmm. jumbled. Mm-hmm. I use, I, I'd say it out loud and then it and like that clarifies helps. that idea. But I feel like for me, I'm much more of a better see that. orator in the sense that I am a writer. How so, much of your stuff comes out on stage versus prepping like through writing or voice notes so when i first started doing comedy a lot of it was like just stuff like on stage that improv I think about it like yeah. improving kind of and then when i got into it a lot of it just became written all of my whole sets i'd write out my set list i know what joke i was going to start with i know what joke i was going to go to and i knew what joke i was going to finish with like i knew what my set list was and now i do like this hybrid thing so before i go on stage depending on how much time i have or i'll be doing on the set I'll write out like however many jokes. I think if I just had to go joke to joke to joke, how many of these jokes I'd be able to get out in that time or jokes I want to do in that time. So I'll write out that set list. But when I get on stage, I may do a joke or I just may start with like a riff or like an improv. And then now I'm just like, I kind of try to weave in and out of that, you know, like I'll do a joke. And then like, if I see something in the crowd or something happens or I just have a thought and I, or just a reaction to a joke I say, and it can take me somewhere else, whatever that has, I'm just, okay, like the other night I did a set and a woman was wearing a sweater from Vail. I was, I'm from Colorado. So I was like, oh, you snowboard and stuff? She's like, I don't snowboard. I'm like, and I just kind of went in on her. Like, why are you wearing a Vail sweater? You don't even snowboard, blah, blah, blah. It's out like here and just, wearing a Harvard shirt yeah, you never went to college. Exactly. Like, and then so I'm just like roasting her and the audience is like laughing. And it's like, so then I'm like, okay, cool. And I do that until I have nothing left and it dies down. And then I do another joke. So what, then, Do you have a pacing? Do you have like any kind of like... You know, like when you're rehearsing, do you have like, this is the flow and I say it this way and that's how it's going to come out. I never rehearse out never. loud before really? I hit the stage. What? Oh, I've, I, I've, I, when I write I a joke, does. when I write a joke, I will read it out loud to myself to see what it sounds like. But how do you remember it then? So what? How do you remember it if you don't rehearse it? So what I do, that's, that's why I write it. Boom. When I write it, it helps me memorize it. I don't. There's something about me physically writing oh, it totally with my hand that. that helps me memorize it. So that's why I always write out every joke I'm doing by hand, because that's how I memorize it. That's what gets it into your even mm-hmm. just like the framework of it. Yeah, yeah. So then I'll do that, and then um, so yeah, I just I always I'll I'll memorize a joke. I'll write it out. But I forgot what your original question was when we got into this. Uh, well, I've had a lot of them, well, but no, 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 this one, like just a second ago, you asked me a question about, well, it was just like one was your, how do you come up with stuff? Is it on the stage? Is it improv oh, to yeah. when you're like, um, when you're actually on the stage, um, what's your kind of like cadence and flow? Oh, yeah, yeah, and- That's the one you were asking about. Yeah. Yeah. So my material is like, sometimes I'll just be walking and I'll think of an idea and I'll be like, okay, expand on that idea. Like sometimes I'll have just like a thought or like yeah. one line that I think is really funny and like lately, I've been railing on Apple. I'm so mad at Apple right now. So oh, yeah. I'm writing a bit. Let's get some Apple hate. Or about thinking about it. Because you know why I'll tell you why I'm mad at Apple? But oh, like, and the cadence part, to answer this before I forget. Yeah. Uh, the cadence part, I change my cadences all the time. One thing I noticed about me was I'm always going too fast. So whenever I'm on stage, my thing is always like slow it down. Mm-hmm. And if I think I'm going slow, 
slow it down even a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, but what I found is like the slower, and as the more comfortable I get comedically, the more I play with pauses now. Like before, if silence is oh, deadly, no, that, oh, it's so uncomfortable. I gotta get on there. It's uncomfortable. But now it's like I'm stewing the silence because I know if it's silent, they're listening. And they have I your attention. I have or their attention. You yeah, have their attention. Yeah, I have their attention. They're listening. I got them. So now they're waiting. And like, and I kind of I had this conversation recently with one of the older comics, and he was kind of telling me, he's like, the longer you put in a pause between a punchline, now the audience is going to try to fill in that space with their own idea, with their own, what do you think the punchline is? What is he going to say mm-hmm. next? Mm-hmm. And the longer you make them wait and they think of something, and then what you say is funnier than what they thought. They're like, oh, that that's is when satisfying. that misdirects hits. So I've been really trying to play with my cadences and kind of work with more being like more intentional with like the way I voice things and kind of like if I want to get across like an emotion or that I have attached to the joke or like you know like just like a face or something like a movement like being more because comic is comedy so visual and a lot of people Mm -hmm. get stuck up in the writing process so they're only thinking about the words and they forget about the visual aspect but you can move and tell people and make something funny or just a gesture thing yeah could be hilarious a look yeah but like, just a, a different tone with something a different what yeah a pause like you? especially if it's like interacting with the audience and it's live because everyone you know it's so i think a lot of it is is we're giving our mind to somebody we're letting them drive and hopefully they don't just drive us off a cliff hopefully they drive us to somewhere funny or interesting or whatever um And then what's cool is when a comic is super pro, they got all their material, they can say whatever, and you can just feel it like they have an infinite well of things to talk about. But then they get a heckle or just some comment or they just want to do some crowd work and everyone can instantly tap into exactly what their wavelength is. And it's that's the funniest stuff is like the stuff that wouldn't play on YouTube because you had to be in the room. For sure. You always get more more response from like a crowd worker in the moment yeah. joke than you do like a real like a written joke like those stuff that happens like in the moment it always does because the audience feels like they're a part of that they remember and they that liter- and like, literally are they well, probably yeah. that idea was probably inspired by them they, they yeah something about it like and they yeah. feel more of a part of it so crowd work always usually does get bigger pops in those moments but i think that's really smart to play with your cadence play with your timing play with your uh comfortability like your comfort level with silence yeah, I think the more comfortable I've gotten on stage, the more that's just kind of just been like, I'm a generally curious person, so I'm always just trying to experiment with making something. It's pretty cool to be like on stage, right? You got a light on you. Your voice is amplified. You're looking at people. It's like, I can say anything, and this is awesome. Yeah, and that's the ride you take them for, you know? People like, yeah. and like, there's certain things that I've noticed, like, what you're trying to do is build trust with an audience, right? Yeah. So you want to build trust with an audience to feel like, okay, I can like follow this guy and go where he's taking me. But then when you want to, like a punchline is breaking that trust mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't make them like hate you or gross them out. Well, the setup is breaking the trust. The punchline is bringing it back together. I think the setup is, well, I think the, 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 the setup is more so like creating the tension, right? Yeah. You start creating the tension. And I think when you break that trust is the punchline. You're breaking that mm-hmm. trust 
in a way that they're just like, oh my god, they're like, oh, that's funny. Like in a way that's that the best. Like, like when you can yeah. get them on your side with something that they had a different opinion on, right? And you break that trust. But the thing is, if you go too far, they turn on you. When you break that trust, if you, it's mm-hmm. like you're, you're almost not breaking the trust. You're bending the trust as far as you can. That's where you're trying to find what that line is to be like, mm-hmm. oh, this motherfucker. I'm still with him. Like, oh, he's crazy. Like one of my favorite things is like I'll go back and listen to a set. And I was listening to the set I did the other day and the videos, one of my friends was recording it and he was like way back out of the frame or whatever from the audience. But like all of a sudden I do one joke and all you hear is, oh shit. And it's just like, he's not saying like, and from like, the audience. Yeah, yeah. From the audience. Like yeah. someone heard my, my like setup and was like, oh my God, like I built that tension up with that setup. Right. So now there's like a lot of tension. Like, what is he going to say next? Like, is he going to say something fucked up? Is he going to be like, oh, like, am I going to have to hide from this? And like, that's the awkward feeling that people are looking to relieve that tension with yeah. the punchline. And, and that's where it's like. And from fucking society, putting him in a box, they come to hear something a little fucked up. Some people. I think. Do. Yeah. Or you sure. can get out. Like, get out. <laughs> you know, like if you're going to like sit here and like put some rules on what can be said on stage. I'm not saying we should do any like hate or violence. Obviously, there's limits. But just like shitting on Apple for a little bit, that's good jokes. Bro, I fuck Apple. First yeah. of all, I'll get fuck back Apple. to that in a second. But the fuck. Siri. Yeah. Can we complain about Siri? Well, what's your problem? I, I, I got even, problems too. I don't even use Siri. Fuck Siri. I don't trust that bitch. <laughs> okay, yeah, this she's is like what, a girlfriend. She's going through her phone. She's texting her friends. Yeah. Like, it's like that meme. Like, I laughed. He laughed. Siri laughed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't trust that shit at all. But my problem is I went to buy, I bought a new phone and then it didn't even come with a charging block. Oh, yeah. It just came with a cord that can't be plugged into anything else. So I have to, I'm like, really? It comes with a bill. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can't use this fucking phone. I have to buy more products to use this $1,000 phone Listen, I ben, just bought. It's for the environment. It's Bro, for the environment. Get the fuck out of here, you <laughs> motherfuckers. I bought a fucking MacBook now, and all the MacBooks only have the C, the, the, the new lightning cable or whatever adapter. So mm-hmm. you need to buy some fucking adapter to adapt more. I'm like... Bro, you guys are just nickel and diamond. Yeah. I'm like, all your fucking innovation Apple died with Steve Jobs. Like, the only thing you guys got going with you now is blue text messages. And they just wormed their way into our lives. The only thing Apple did well was like, listen, our phone's not that great. We made an iPad that's just a bigger version of the phone. Our Mac can't connect it and do anything else, but we made all these things specifically for it. But they can all connect to each other. So now we fucking got the you by ecosystem the ecosystem gets you by yeah. the balls. So now you can be in your fucking car, you can be in your yeah. worktop, you can be in whatever home, and all your stuff connects. And it's pretty like, convenient. It is, and it's so convenient that everyone got wormed in and they're like, bro, this product sucks. All it does is give me blue text messages. They're like, yeah, but it gives you blue text messages everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. You know? And that's all it's got going for it. So... Okay, Elon I agree Musk, with that. Jeff Bezos, whichever one of you guys got something, make something that can take away this Apple... Hegemony on my phone. That's all I'm asking. Have you heard for. of Starlink? Uh, what is this like, a New Orleans cousin? Uh, kinda. <laughs> it's like another Elon Musk thing. He's basically putting uh internet into the in, in, through satellites, which we already have. Uh, yeah, I thought that's how we got all internet. No, a lot I of I think like airplane when you're on an airplane oh, that okay. comes through. Uh, actually, that might be ground. But either way, um, it's like he's building this uh internet this satellite internet how can you not build a sat phone and if you're gonna build a sat phone how can you not just like make a cell phone to compete with apple listen 
and they're making cars now, so it's fair game. Yeah, I'm saying, bro. Apple's making cars. Apple's yeah. trying. To, are they really? They were trying. Yeah. Bro, I mean, it's years away. I'm yeah, sure. I'm not trying to jump in an Apple mobile. Yeah. Like, what you gonna put blue text messages behind the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> Only the one thing they do have though that I uh, think is pretty cool is these new. It's a ARM. It's some new architecture for their processors, and it is like pretty freaking fast and low energy so mm. it costs very little energy to use and to create uh th- or to um process and the speeds are out of control and the architecture just lets them stack these chips so it would be like if you had a, a processor and you could just stack like 10 of them on top of each other i don't know what the limit is but i think there are like two or three already and so it really is unlocking some compute power that I think is going to be really useful in for video creators and mm. AI, all sorts of uses. You know, what's weird. I, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. I think because well, somewhere I was reading that like Internet in like Korea and Japan is like five to ten times faster than we have here. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, because they I think here a lot of what we have gets limited to what we're capable versus what we're actually capable of doing. They say like military technology in the United States is probably like 10 to 15 years ahead of like civilian technology. So by the time it comes out to us, the military You'd hope already, so, right? The military's so. already been doing this in like advanced uh, all sorts of different research. And so I think we're kind of a little bit behind in that sense. So I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time I'm like I feel like there's almost kind of like a limit to how fast can your phone really get to where I notice the difference that much. Like, yeah. How I, fast does it need to be? Yeah. How fast? Like right now, I only notice when my phone doesn't work normally. Yeah. Like if it takes me more than like a second to get up, I'm like, what is this bullshit? But, but like, after two years, do you notice it starts to slow down a little bit? Yeah. Because Apple does that to you on yeah. purpose. Dude, they lost, literally do. It's planned obsolescence. Yeah. They, they throttle it. They've they lost. They throttle it. Yeah. They lo- they've lost losses. Okay, you know they about have all to pay yeah. you money because they've done this yeah. to egregiously. For anyone who had iPhones from like seven to, and I, I think I, they're still doing it. Yeah, they do it to everyone. But anyone who had like after a certain like I think it's after an iPhone like five, like six or seven, that's you were part of the lawsuit. So and you're they, probably entitled to some money from uh, Apple. Well, they, they claim it's to uh, preserve battery. Like, what would you rather have, a fast phone or, like, charging your phone more often? Like, obviously, charge, you want a fast phone yeah. that you charge more often. I have to charge the phone every 12 minutes anyways. Your iPhone battery doesn't last after, like, three months of having the phone. Your battery dies every, like, four seconds anyways. So There is new battery tech coming. Mm. Like, these uh, solid-state batteries and... Are they not using lithium? I don't know if they're using... I don't know what the architecture is exactly, but you can imagine that one day we're going to get into a world where you charge your phone like a capacitor so like a flux capacitor like a yeah you're gonna go back in time you're gonna go out in space yeah right um oh i want to roll this up you good yeah hell yeah dude let me just fucking go on so yeah we can do this while we talk you should plug your sponsor whoever sponsored those oh uh, this is a company called og brands holla yeah og brands OG, hit y'all. me up hit me up man hey they sent us they, they reached out to our podcast and wanted to send us a bunch of like papers and they sent us og brands we have used all your papers shout out to this is the last one we got your wraps so shout out to og brands they're one of our supporters and they sent us papers so i only i've only been smoking og papers so that's shout out to cool. that that's fucking cool yeah um what were we talking about going out to so that's a great question. We were talking about Apple? No. Well, space. Oh, batteries. Battery extension. Oh, yeah, for batteries. Apple phones. So, yeah. yeah we're not anyway. even high yet. How are we forgetting what we yeah. were talking about? Yeah. Right. Um, no, I just think there's all this new tech coming down the pipeline. 
and it'll be interesting to see how how it all integrates and how it changes society so with comedy we have all these different avenues of expression you have like this is a question i like to ask people what would you if you could make a quarter million a year or enough wherever you felt like that was a good number um to do comedy or to be an action star what would you be that's strange it's so hard for me to say because i've done comedy i've never done an action movie. let's just say it works out you're yeah. good at acting and no, like I'm, it just I'm, happens to be good. i love comedy i really like but love it's the mutually exclusive you can't do comedy if you're going to do the movie <sighs> like okay so how big of venues am i doing in comedy you're going to be freaking spider-man or batman or something oh no, in, no, comedy? in comedy like oh, how big am i doing uh, like clubs or am I oh doing yeah like yeah like you're whatever whatever the equivalent is in acting it is in comedy okay Ooh. Well, Ooh. that's hard because the other because i was we were watching this you get thing those that, residuals too bro because like, like uh, one of the things i was watching this thing tom cruise you know how he does all his own stunts in his own movies yeah and the new one coming out he had to jump uh he was jumping off of a cliff on a dirt bike and then pulling his own parachute cord in the new Mission Impossible? Yeah. So they're filming it now. And when they're showing it on filming days, he would drive this bike off of this cliff and then like throw the bike and he's based into a base jump. That's fucking crazy. And then pull this. And he did it six times for this shoot. And I'm like, what is, I wonder what the insurance is on Tom Cruise doing his own Seriously. stunts. It's got to be through like the roof. 50 million, 100 million. The, the dude's going to the moon for one of his stunts. It's fucking crazy. So you like, got to respect that though. I like he's obviously has a real he, like part of his characters within himself. Otherwise, he would just let somebody else take on the risk. Right. And and I love that. So like yeah. there's a part of me that would been like that would be dope to be able to like do an action movie and like get to do a lot of my own st- I try to do as much of my own stunts as possible. Would you? I think so cuz yeah. I feel like I'm fairly athletic yeah. to where like I could do most things, but I'd like want to do it and I think there's a there's an element of that that makes because if you look at Tom Cruise, um, the yeah, the insurance probably costs crazy, but like the most expensive thing in movies right now is CGI. So imagine it, having yeah. to CGI a stuntman or Tom Cruise jumping off of that probably costs you just as much as having Tom Cruise fucking just flip a bike. It doesn't off and mean do it the himself. same. It doesn't mean the same. It's like the difference between somebody creating something by hand, painting it layer by layer, and an AI generating art. It's cool. When the CGI stuff is cool, but it's cooler that he was actually in a fighter jet going oh, Mach 5. For sure. You know, or whatever it was, Mach 10. He tried to get, uh, for that movie for Map for Top Gun Maverick, he tried to get fighter pilots certified so he could fly fighter fly. And the insurance was like, no. They're like, this is too Wait, much. Wait, but stuff. he was actually in them. What's up? He was in them, but he was in them with um, other people. Okay, so, so he, he had like a... Flying he wasn't himself. flying them himself oh, for the, the Top Gun. They had like, but he wanted to. <laughs> he awesome. wanted to, yeah. And they were just like, "Bro, calm the fuck down. You're 60 years old. What I the love fuck that are attitude, you doing?" Though. I love that attitude. No, that's why he's Tom Cruise. He's fucking untouchable. I wonder what drugs he's got. He's got to have something good. Well, whatever made him jump on Oprah's couch. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> but, yeah, which is like, he's crazy. Tom Cruise has got to be on some things because most people are like. Oh no, short kings. Tom Cruise is like, bro, I'm five seven and I will run the world. And I'm like, I respect that. So. There's a lot of short kings out there. Are there a lot of short kings? I think so. I guess in Ho- they're all in Hollywood. Like all the Hollywood guys are like five, like seven, five, eight, and all the Hollywood women are like five, ten. I don't think it has. I don't think one thing has anything to do with, with the other. I just think it's well, you know. I mean, we're talking about like average height, but like I'm trying to think of like most celebrities. Do you think there's a lot taller than them, or a lot of them are shorter? 
I don't know. Maybe there is something about being shorter that gets people into like wanting to have attention. I couldn't, I actually have never had that idea before. <laughs> I'm too uh, tall to have that problem. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not that tall, but like, tall um, I'm 5'11. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So yeah. I like to say six foot on dating apps, but that's just because I know how women work. <laughs> I'm 5'11", 6'5 on Tinder. Yeah, 6'5 yeah. on Tinder. Yeah, 6'5 on Tinder. Yeah. Yeah. Depends, depends on where you look. Yeah, yeah. So depending on where you ask me, the other day a girl goes, oh, I'll tell you, like 6'1". I was like, yeah, girl, I'm 6'1 today. Dude, can we just appreciate the fact that you roll joints by hand? That's some OG shit right there. Like, yeah, I love, I love the process of rolling joints. I used to not know how to roll joints. And then one day I sat there with a whole pack of like 20 joints and I just learned how to roll joints. That's how you got to do it. You just got to sit down until, uh, what do you think of backwoods? I, I once I, upon a time was hanging out with some rappers. I won't name them cause it'll make them mad. And they were smoking. Cause I'm not a snitch. Yeah. Like cause that. I'm not a snitch. And, uh, they were smoking these backwood blunts. And the first time I hit that, I was just like, okay, this is a new thing. Have I you ever hate, had that? I, I've had backwoods. I've, I hate the backwoods themselves. Oh, the really? I thought the flavor was so good. You know, I don't mind the flavor of them. What I hate is the process of the, the actual paper and rolling them. Um, yeah, it's hard. I tried like 10 times. I failed every yeah, time. <laughs> the paper, oh, nothing worse than rolling papers when you have a stem. Oh, yeah, it's going to pierce the thing. Yeah. But yeah, so what we were talking about, Tom Cruise, Short Kings. Uh, he's a freaking interesting character because on one hand, he's had like this unbelievable career. He's been a well-known celebrity for decade after decade after decade. It's one thing even just to maintain that, right? To get to that level and then to maintain it is like crazy. Keep that level to your 60s. Because, to your 60s. Well, because Hollywood is a young man's game, too. Like, I, well, it probably always is going to yeah, be, right? it's always going to be. That's why people like the OGs, like Tom Cruise still doing it. It's, it's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, there are some people that start. I just was looking up as I turned 40 soon. Because like, uh, well, <laughs> like, you Yeah, yeah. I, I was like... like you're, you're a little bit off of 40, right? How I, got, I got a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, right now, 36. I'll be oh, 37 got, next year. You got time. When you t- you t- are you turning 37 this year or are you just uh, June. 36? Oh, in June. Of next year. Oh, next year. Or this year. This year. So yeah, a couple yeah. months. Yeah. Well. So I'm, Yeah. So 37. Once you're 37, you're 40. In my mind, but the point, the point with Cruz is like, so he has this crazy, interesting career, but then he's like kind of dominated in a weird way by Scientology. And I do not appreciate that at all for him or for like, for him, like for his own, for as a fan of him, I don't think that that relationship is good. Yeah. Well, I don't know who the fuck am I to say? I don't know a thing about him. Well, first of all, I don't give a fuck. Honestly, I don't think that's kind of the truth. Well, here's the thing. We all got our our own lives. No matter what, I don't think I I don't think Tom Cruise is hurting. I don't think the Scientology is hurting him at all. But don't you think that they have kind of pimped him out in a way where like it goes back to Oprah jumping on the couch or like, I don't know. He did have this crazy also interview where he was talking about Adderall, my favorite drug. And he was just like, Adderall is a hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. It's my favorite. You know, I, 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 I well, weed is my favorite, but well, Adderall is weed second. isn't a drug to me, right? Yeah, it's yeah, coffee. Yeah, that's, I heard Duncan Trussell say that, and I was like, "Yep, that's so true." He said, uh, "Weed is coffee." I don't even, I don't drink coffee, so oh, yeah. weed is my. Now, coffee how do you get stuff. away with? Okay, just to finish the thing on, because we got a million open threads on Tom Cruise. Okay. I would like to hear somebody like if he went on Joe Rogan's podcast 
and got challenged on Scientology, I'd watch the shit out of that. I would watch the shit out of that. Anyway, uh, uh, why don't you drink coffee? You know, because I've always been a very high-energy person, so caffeine makes me crazy. Like, but isn't that fun to be crazy? I mean, I'm not crazy in a good way. Like, I'm, like, jittery. Like, spastic. Like, I'm, like, I'm already spastic as is. Like, caffeine just makes me, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, you ever watch that movie, Over the Hedge? Mm-mm. There's a kid's movie called Over the Hedge, and there's this uh, squirrel. And if he takes, like, any caffeine, he goes fucking crazy. And that's me in like a nutshell. If I get any caffeine, I go fucking. So you stay away from stimulants? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I stay away from anything that's like upper stimulants. Not really my thing. Um, I've never needed them. Like I wake up at and I get out of bed in the morning and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And then yeah. that's it. Like I don't have that feeling where I'm like, I need coffee. Like never been my Walk thing. us through a day in the life of Ben. All right. So my new morning routine right now is... I'm, uh, I have this book, uh, The Daily Stoic. Oh, I Ryan love that. Holiday. Ryan Holiday. I yeah. need to read his stuff. I haven't gotten to it yet. Mm-hmm. So I try to read. So I read whatever the day is. I started in the new year and I've been reading it uh, consistently. So whatever the day is, I'll read that. And then I'll think about whatever that idea was real quick. So then I'll be like, cool. And then I go on a walk. So I'll take like a walk. Usually it's about like a... Depends on the day, but it's usually about a half hour, 45 minutes. You have a dog or anything? Or is it nope. just, okay, you're just walking. I, don't, cool. I just walk. Cause cool. High energy, crazy thoughts. So I got to get these thoughts out. And I think walking kind of helps. Being in nature just kind of helps me. So I do that. I think about that and I kind of plan my day. Like I already have like what I'm going to do in the day, but I do that. I come back, put on some meditation music. I stretch out like a deep stretch, probably like a half hour. It's almost like a mini yoga session, but not really. More so just like focused on the stretching, taking deep breaths and stuff like that. And then after that, I do like an actual meditation and then I do that. And then after that, I start my day. So if I don't, Dude, I ha- love that. Yeah. So morning routines are like new to me in my world, mm. but I think they really help set the tone for the day. I have to. I don't I even think to. it matters what you do. I just think it matters that you do the same thing every day. That you have one. Yeah. Yeah. Routines are, they're like, a, I've always looked at them. Like, I think a lot of, they're like a lot of like, uh, people say like, um, one of the other things I think, like a personal opinion of mine, is that I think people need to believe in something. It doesn't have to be religion. It doesn't have to be whatever. Whatever it is, though, you have to believe in it. You got to put your faith in something. Yeah, you have to have something that you believe in. You can't believe in, like, nothingness. Like, I just, whether that's you want to fucking believe in this lamp or you want to believe in trees or nature or God, whatever you have, it doesn't matter as long as you do it. I think there's a lot of principles like that in life. Like, a morning routine is like, it doesn't matter what the routine is as long as you have one. Like, it doesn't matter what you believe in as long as you believe in something. I think those principles... The, the principle itself is more effective, is, is more important than the what Than the practice is. or the subject. It's almost yeah. like we have this empty box in our minds and we have to fill it with whatever, whatever, something. It could be God. It could be exercise. But it's got to be something. And it can't be fake. It's got to be something that you really believe in. Exactly. That's the only thing that matters is you have to believe it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Even if it's exercise. If you believe that going to the gym is like God or whatever to you. or I super believe that. Yeah. I, th- I think exercise is really important. Like... Even if it's just a walk in the morning, like you got to get the blood flowing. Think about it. Your whole body is based off of all of these different cycles and rhythms. You have a circadian rhythm. You have whatever many uh, homeostasis type things happening in your body. And if you can feed your body the same inputs every single day, especially if they're healthy inputs, 
then you give your body a chance to align to those. Uh, thank you, sir. Yeah, sir. Um, oh, absolutely. To align to those inputs. Not only that, I, I think like if you look at our, I think the universe that we live in, this is kind of a little bit more esoteric than like most people. Um, but I think that our universe has principles, right? Um, and a lot of these principles, if you believe, if you're very like, uh, I'm a, like science, like some, a lot of people like science oriented people. Um, a lot of, oh, can we ask in this? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. A lot of these principles, uh, scientific principles and religious principles, um, are very similar in terms of how like they, their effects of them in the sense that a lot of people think like religion and science are antithesis of each other. No. And I think they're more siblings than rivals you know what i'm saying i mean maybe i i, I think parent like, and child yeah they, like they i think religion is the parent and science is the child yeah science is just religion without the godlike figure yeah right? well they're both obsessed with the truth we want to understand reality we want to know what's really going on not what people say not what fucking society has deemed we want to understand physics math chemistry biology you know like and and sure. and, and meaning and you know, like, what are we trying to do with comedy? You want to say, sure, you want to make people laugh. I don't even care about that. I'm going to come out and say it right now. I don't give a fuck if people laugh. I want to entertain people. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. I think the one most important thing about comedy is that I have to believe in what I'm saying and I have to enjoy it myself. That's always been my biggest thing. And I've always yeah, said, you got to enjoy it. Yeah. The moment I stop having fun with it, I'll be done yes. with it. And yes. that'll be like the end of it for comedy for me. Um, so yeah, I completely under, I, th I think that's, there's, there's a sense someone always said, like one of their older comics was like, if you're not going to be funny, at least be interesting. Like, yeah. so that's always kind of been my thing, like whatever. And that's kind of like a thing. Like when I learned working at the comedy club is like, if you're going to get like a mom and dad or whatever to come out and get a babysitter and pay for dinner and pay for drinks yes. and pay for parking yes. or an Uber and all that jazz, yeah. what do you have to say? That's worth that's them worth paying them. that and putting that time to listen to. Like, so true. What are you saying? Am I coming There's out a here respect like, in the audience. Yeah, yeah. You have to give your audience a certain level of respect and effort. I'm not saying that every audience should like what you're saying, but you have to at least find the value in what you're saying and believe that it has a legitimate value. If you can't believe that in yourself, then how's your audience going to, then how can you expect your audience to do that? Not, not only that, I, that's totally true, but... Also, whatever you're bringing on stage and they're getting in the car with you, they're going to feel. So if you're bringing on stage like, oh, I just got nervous. I just got like weirdly nervous. Like they're going to instantly feel that. Yeah. Or and nobody wants to feel that. Nobody wants to. They come to the comedy club to escape those type of like feelings. What you need to bring is the real attitude of like what? Uh, I don't know. Just that you're enjoying it, that you're actually having fun that this is what you want to be doing right now and you super enjoy it. Well, yeah, there's definitely that. I think the best comics, what they do compared to other comics is like most comics, if you're like a decent or good comic, if the room is hot, you can write a hot room and like, <coughs> you can keep the, there's good energy in the room and it's a hot yeah. room. You can make it go. You can make it happen. And most comics can do that. The, the room is hot. Everyone's laughing. They can go through and have a good set. The difference between like, okay average or decent comics versus like actually like greats and good comics is i remember i did a show with bobby kelly one uh, one of my friends he was working with bobby kelly and we were hanging out there and my friend went up there the host the, the host bombs my friend goes up he was featuring for him bombs and bobby kelly's like man it looks like work up there it like, <laughs> doesn't matter i'm still gonna kill and then went out there and just proceeded to kill no way. it didn't matter if the audience was good or bad or whatever 
he was, it didn't matter where they were on. He was going to get them to his level and do his thing. And that's the difference between the really good comics and the greats is the great ones can get people on their level regardless of how the energy in the room is. Yeah. They set the tone and create the energy they versus just it. writing the energy that the room already has, totally. which is a dangerous thing to do because if you don't create that energy, then you're crossing your fingers for a good room versus when you're the one creating it yes. it doesn't matter what's at and that's like the greats like the Chappelle's, the people yes. that are like really good they can take that wherever they go and they all have different energy like you're going to compare i will just take Chappelle's energy one time i was at the comedy store as i always used to be happened to be and i was there uh actually <coughs> anyway it doesn't matter dave Chappelle walks in to be honest, I didn't really know who he was, which is crazy. It's crazy that yeah. I could not know that. But like, that's just who I am. Right now. Dude, that's just how I am. That's how I am. And so I was, I grew up in a box. It's fine. And so like, um, he comes out and just for hours, he just takes a stool, sits on the stage and he just smokes and talks. And it was enthralling. It was enthralling the whole time. And so I was like, okay, uh, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, no, it was. It was enthralling. And so uh, you have like his energy and then who else? Who's like a totally different energy a totally that's still like, enthralling? Uh, so like, for example, Bill Burr, very different. Yes, energy. angry yeah, fucking like, Irishman. Right, right. Then you have like a Jerry Seinfeld type energy. Yeah. Another one, it's like, like almost like a plainy Jew. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like an incredulous. What's the big idea with all, you know what I'm saying? Like he's like, incredulous sorry, about all Sorry, completely Jewish. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> right. And uh, those opinions do not model my own. Please don't Kanye me. <laughs> Please don't Kanye me. Please. Don't Kanye. Me no, we support Kanye. Just me. Just me. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's definitely different energies to it. And I think that's like a, but it's like Chappelle is one of the things that I think goes un, like, or people don't re like uh, bring up about Chappelle is like his ability as a performer and a storyteller. Like you listen to what he's talking about, but Dave Chappelle went to a performance school in high school. And when he started doing comedy, he was doing that, but there's an 17. Yeah, he was, he was like 15 when he yeah. started comedy. I mean, he went and did it. So he deserves it. Yeah. But there's an aspect to his comedy. That's like, it's like a performance, like the way he changes his tones and his voices, right? It's intentional. Yeah, it's very intentional. And sometimes yeah. the way that he talks is almost like a narrator telling you a story. And like, I think as newer comics and like open mic comics and people that haven't been doing it, it's like, you're so worried about like a joke being funny. And a lot of people just kind of revert to what their natural disposition is when their delivery is. And they don't realize like you can, it's like a performance, you know, yeah. like you can. You have to have on. the energy. You can change this tone. You can yeah. put this on. You can yeah. pierce somebody's eyes with this joke and the way that you tell your words and when you emphasize yeah. what you're trying to say. Yeah. And it's like, there's this whole thing to it. And I never took that into consideration. And now the more that I get into comedy, I'm like, how do I incorporate that into what I'm doing? How do I'm like, use it's that? It's the gestalt. I can't help but say it. Gestalt. <laughs> it's my favorite thing from Steve Martin. It's the whole fucking vibe of the room i didn't mean to interrupt you you were on such a good role but try to try to keep that role going um but yeah the fucking gestalt is everything you just said how you how you get on stage um and whatever you keep talking i no, didn't mean to interrupt no, steve uh, steve martin he's uh his book steve martin when he talks about that he talks about that a lot in this book what he stopped one of the reasons stopped doing comedy was because he started feeling like yeah, that was dumb. 
Well, he just felt like the audience wasn't like appreciating him anymore. He'd like I'd walk out on stage and be like, "Hello," he and just be just like, done yeah. it. And he was like, he felt like, and well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like for him, it was a craft. Like he was very intentional about everything, every word he said, every movement, every action. So when you're talking about that performance, he'd walk on stage and be putting up a performance. He'd be like, Oh, come out on stage. You know, he's doing his thing. He's saying these words, but he's moving his body. He's reacting to different things. And I think we, we've lost a lot of the performance. Like, and, and because essentially now, too, I think comedy's gone a different way. Like back then, you had like almost like the vaudevillian. Yeah, less slapsticky. Yeah, yeah. So you started kind of there, Charlie Chaplin, and you go on to more like, yeah, yeah. these guys outside here. So the guy walks into a bar kind of thing. But here, it's like all entertainment. It is. And I think now people want more real because, like, you don't sell the music, you sell a brand. You yeah. know, you sell yourself. You know, you sell, like, this is somebody I grow with. So, like, it's and, crazy that people are brands. Yeah, that that is you, crazy. you are now the brand, right? You're selling yourself. So people don't want to feel like they're being joked at. They want to feel like they know you and they're growing with you. And that was one yeah. of the, that's one of the hardest things for me about comedy in general, about this, not comedy, just like that whole idea of online brand building is I'm a very private person. Like my friends, like Jesse will describe me as the most vague person he knows. He's like, everything you say is like cryptic and like a riddle because you'll vague? ask me like vague, like you'll ask me like, oh, what are you doing? I was like, ah, you know, we're just over there. Like we're just seeing a man about a horse. It was not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, I look back of like my upbringing, my family was like that. It was like, uh, it was like you sure. had like security clearance in the own house, you know, like it was on a need to know basis. And my mom decided I didn't need to know a lot of things, you know, like it was just, and so, and that was just kind of how I grew up. So I kind of grew up with that same kind of mentality to where people will ask me a question or say a thing and I'll be like, yeah, it's not like a big deal. I don't want to go into deal. Like I keep a lot of my life private, but like the whole brand thing is like, you have to kind of open yourself up to that to a certain extent because people want to feel like they know you but and I that's think how that's they like, new. They, they, that's the new way to go. Like yeah. that's how they, they vibe with you now. They, then they're rocking with you because they know you and they, they feel like that and they can connect with you on a level, but that requires that openness and vulnerability. And that's a whole different level if that's not something that you like or you're used to or accustomed to. Yeah. And so it is uncomfortable when you're not accustomed to it. Totally. That has been one of the biggest struggles I've found with like why I never liked to do online comedy. Cause I didn't want people and now it's even gotten more than that. Cause they don't want to see your comedy. They want to know your life. They want to see what you're like hanging out at home. Like one of my friends in Boston, monster comic, shout out to Jimmy cash, Jimmy cash. Yeah, look him up on uh, TikTok. He's the, uh, or Instagram, the janitor with stamina. He's a janitor at a child's <laughs> elementary school, but he's a funny ass comic. And so, but like, he'll just make these videos of like him at school, like working with his night janitor, like the things that teachers say and like kids and stuff. It's very personal about his life. But because of that, he like went viral. He blew up on like, like, like a million views on TikTok and they put featured him on like Barstool and stuff like that. And now it's like helped him in like Instagram and stuff like that. And he's kind of like moving forward to that. But it's like a lot of people that I know that kind of have that same trajectory. It's like people have to feel like they know you or like a part of your life in kind of terms of that. When Do you feel like there's such a thing as oversharing? Or should just like everyone give all the information they have. <laughs> it's kind of like you, what you were saying where like you get families, it's groups of people, any group of person, people is going to have like a person that represents them and they're going to share information at different degrees of transparency. I think that like it makes sense in a family that people are filtering their words, just like whenever there's a group, you're considering each other. And so, like, you're going to be more cautious with your words. You know, I, it's very interesting, right? Because there's this whole movement of, like, radical honesty going on right now. 
where people like I've heard a lot of girls say like I want a hundred percent honesty like I need you to be a hundred I'm like that means I shit with the door open yeah I like are you sure you want that yeah, right I'm like me exactly like that's like the extreme of the point but like yeah I I don't think I think that like most people need like you need a buffer of your real thoughts yeah just knowing what I really just, think. I need that buffer from the yes. world. You can't yes. have, you can't remember that you can't handle the truth. Like you're not ready for this raw unfiltered. Like you need your cigarettes and my brain with a filter. I'm telling you, you don't want that for better for everybody. So like, I feel like you do, you can't give people a hundred percent radical honesty. Like I need my truth tinted with a, your feelings equation to, to, to end up with a percent number of truth that I believe you can handle and I hover around I've there. Around that, yeah. The more people, That's a good the, move. the more comfortable I am with you, the more truth you can probably get. But even still then, I think, and if I'm like super comfortable with you, like there's probably been like one or two people in my life that I was like, you get the raw unfiltered. Like you get it raw and uncut. What, and do you think it's so different be, from person to person or do you think everyone has the same raw and unfiltered? Oh, I mean, I think everyone has different levels of raw and filtered. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, I just say my level of raw and unfiltered is like, it's not for everybody. But everyone has something. Yeah, for sure. Everyone has, because we all have our different things that, that, what that exposes itself, what that looks like more. Some people are quieter generally and they start talking more. Some people get dirtier. Some people get gorier. Some people get horny. Like there's all this level of change that comes with our raw and filtered self that for most people, I don't think one... I don't even, I barely like me there. Like, I don't know you won't like me there. So like, but mostly I just, and, but there's certain people that you get that level of comfort with. And it's very rare. Like those people come few and far between in life. Like I probably say of all the people I've met in my journeys of life, which have been around the globe a few times, most of the States, different countries, I'd probably say there's, I know for a fact, there's less than I can count on one hand. And there's probably not even th three people like in my life that I've ever met like that. Right. Like it's very, it's very rare. It's very rare. And I think that's like that for most people. Like some people maybe say they're like, you call them soulmates and they can come in any form. Like I've had girls. One was a girl. One was a dude. And he was like my best friend like that I've ever had in my entire life, but only for a moment. Oh, I'm good off that. You just, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. All you, man. So yeah, there's just different levels. Yeah. You just, there's just different levels, and I think you with different people, just how you connect. Like, there's certain people, like, certain people I meet, I know within the snap of a finger, like, we're going to be kicking it. Like, we're just boys from that point on. And certain people, like, I meet and I get to know, and we come to, like, an understanding, we become friends, and we grow over time. And it just, it's different levels. Like, there's certain people you just have a connection with. Like, you just... But, yeah, it's a, it's a rare list of person. It's, it's much rare because our yeah, upbringing and our experiences make us so individuals, like... We may be from, and and United States is such a big country. Like people forget that compared to the rest of the world, in the sense that like, if I grow up in California, and you grow up in New York, that's like the equivalent of being from like one person being from like being from like Scotland and the other person being from like Iraq. Like you know what I'm saying? Like the England, yeah. like is that Europe is that? So like, there's a lot of differences culturally that come with that. There's a lot of differences in terms of just everyone's individual situation. So how can our experiences and our perspectives be the same? How could we only subscribe for like two political parties? It's like if you grew up in middle of nowhere, Missouri, and you grew up in like Manhattan, New York, your perspective on the world are two different things. How could you see the things the same? You wouldn't even have, you want a letter? Yeah. 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 
how could you ever even your, your realm of possibilities of what the world is and your, your viewpoints on it they couldn't even be the same you grew up on a farm talking about cattle life and you grew up on a city taking a subway with people shoulder to shoulder every day like yeah people are like defined by their experiences yeah absolutely so now you take that and you put it on a hot button issue like politics and you keep it like two and you keep it two parties of course, they're always going to be at each other's head, and it's always going to be this. Some people would say it's good for the system to be in gridlock because it's working. Is it, though? Politically. I don't know. I don't know. Who am I to say? You know, well, some people say, like, and then some people would yeah. say that I think they're trying to sell me something. Yeah. But I will say every president, after they're off, they leave office, they write presidential papers, right? So It's a cool tradition. Yeah. So one of the George Washington's uh, among him lamenting on his ownership of slaves, which was the reason he was pegged to be the first president was because the South wanted the president with high interest in slaves, which is the basis of the United States. We should tell you everything about how this country was started in the fielding blocks. But aside from that, it's painful. <laughs> if you want to address it, if not, it doesn't exist. And it's not, it's very simple uh, depending on who you are. But uh, uh, so uh, one of the things yeah, that he talked about cultural that, oppression for sure he but one of the things he talked about was the the be weary of the two-party system because of the way that the two-party system works it just creates one it creates the gridlock in a way but also it creates now when you add in campaign finances with this when you add in that power it's like now they're all brought together under one umbrella there's more and uh, maybe government is just like a voting app. Like, what if you just like build a voting app and we fire everyone else? You know, like everyone just like type in your ideas. We'll vote them up and down, comment, refine, but you know, like that should be the law. That should be the rule. I think that would be way more convenient in this world. But do you think that we could, people could handle that? I think we could build a blockchain like mechanism and do it all web three, all the buzzwords you got. But I'm not asking if we could build that. I'm sure we could. What I'm asking is, do you think people as a society and whole could handle that? I think so, because it would be like easy to execute in a way where everyone at least knows what everyone else thinks by voting. And that's my biggest fear is mob mentality. And, and, and I think humans, because we are so easily persuaded by lights and colors and apps designed to make a scroll and... All it takes is somebody to be like, this is what gets the people going. This is what's provocative. And then... The Kanye song, yeah. You're right. And now, but now the problem is you add in human nature of, oh, I believe everyone around me is now doing this. Right? It's like that thing in school when the one kid that talks the loudest says their idea and everyone's like, oh, this is what everyone must think. So the people more, that are more likely to have different opinions or smarter aren't going to say anything because they think that that's... The, the general consensus, like mob mentality, and it happens very quick. Even if you get to two, three people, you can get people thinking in mobs very quickly. Mobs can be manipulated very easily. And I've noticed that, That's like, because well, you think about, like, the internet and you think about, like, life in general. You go on the internet and it's like these wild mobs of people saying crazy things in these forums or these spaces going at each other and it's wild. But you meet these people in real life. They're not yelling at you in the streets. But they're, they're probably very cordial, very nice people. They, People's they, they internet personas yeah. are so different than their real personas. Right. And I think mob mentality kind of internet embodies the, the ideals of mob mentality because they get in, a lot of people get in groups, right? 
this is like the people that think the way I do. These are the forums or the communities that I yeah. hang out at. And we all think in this echo chamber now. And now then they go up against the echo chamber that opposes them and leave mean comments. So what are at the echo chambers? What's up? What are the echo chambers? There's echo chambers for everything. And most people live in them. Political is like Republican and Democrat. Yeah, yeah. You're just in there, which I think is such a silly way to look at that because it's such a limiting perspective of what we could have. That's why I hate the two-party system too. And you talk about it just limits what that could be because now when you have that, you have to take this party and everything that comes with it. And now, so now we just go back on the same fourth back and forth on the same two points all the time and the rest of the issues just get ignored well what's important whatever the media tells people is important obviously like (laughs) yeah like that actually matters that people should be talking and thinking about i i don't understand how as a country we don't spend our time consistently always looking at the future and planning what's next in the best way possible If you look at what we do, you're like, this is almost like somebody intentionally wants things to stay this way or stay because none of it makes any any sense. It's like things move in a way that and I think it goes in a way that things will always be as they have. And for the most part, like we always want to think like, oh, but remember when they were like by 2005, we're going to have flying cars. Now we just got scooters. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't move. They're pretty nice scooters. Yeah, the, the scooters. I mean, they do work from a phone that can access to everything. And it's like we think because I think we get so far ahead of ourselves, um, and that we forget that deep down we're fucking still animals, right? Like, yeah, where we use technology to try to overcome the human body. You know, you know, like in a sense that like. You take the most, uh, this idea has been on my mind a lot lately. Um, So you take like the most beautiful thing that you can imagine, like beautiful woman, beautiful man, whatever you can imagine, right? And they're dressed up in the nicest of garb and they're done up into the tees, their hair, their jewelry, their everything. They're looking angelic. And then you see this person, you're like, wow, and they have the voice of it. It's so perfect. It sounds like music to your ears. You're like, this is amazing. And then they just go, and then you know that at some point they have to go and like drop like the gnarliest deuce. Like they're just going to blow that shit up. I don't want to see it. Right. You don't want to see that because you don't want to think about this image of something that could be this high and then still be just down here like an animal. Just like, you know, like it just. Humans are animals. We're monkeys. Exactly. We We really are. are. Like 100% obviously. Yeah. And then, but we spend so much time trying to get away from that idea. Like we're so above that, like because we can put away from that. And I think that's the duality of humanity that we try to avoid as a society all the time. We think with all our laws and all our technology, we can avoid the animalistic nature of our existence. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm like, it's a, that's where I feel like we find so many people learn you can't find... You can't go both ways with that. Like you have you, to like consider the human animal yeah. separate from like the human being. The, yeah, the, the human mind is the, the the mind is the human, right? That's the thinking. That's the higher ideas. Yeah. We think existentially. We 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 ponder and we thought and we think of hypotheticals. You think dogs are like? I wonder. I wonder if I uh, went yeah. to space, would I be able to breathe on this planet? Like, no. what's for breakfast? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The dog's like. You're here, lick, ah, la, la, you know, yeah, what's yeah. the smell like? Yeah. What that tastes like? What that mouth do? You know, yeah. like they're... Nothing yeah. is gross to a dog. Right. Nothing like, and that's the thing. We, 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 
we use that and because we can do that that's the human it's the mind the thing that can create and reason and logic and think and we we have that ability above that but because of that we like to think we're better than that and so we yeah. we, we have this problem to balance we can't find a, this thing like we can't get over that and we learned that in childhood and it's this idea that i've been there's this book called the denial of death have you ever heard of it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know much no, oh, about it. Oh, um, so have you, have you ever read the book uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? I've heard of it. Okay, so I the so the, the book uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and then the second one he did, Everything is Fucked, uh, by Mark Manson. Both of them, like they like New York Times bestseller or whatever. They got pretty popular, so that a whole idea. But he talked about, I listened to him on a podcast one time, and he was talking about the idea that kind of a lot of what that was based off is this book called The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. So and Ernest yeah. Becker's story is like crazy. He was this college professor. He was very eccentric and he like teach these classes and the students loved him. Um, but the, the faculty would hate him because he'd like come to class. Like he'd be like, he'd teach like use economics to teach philosophy and use like psychology to teach like biology. Just random things. Like he was just had this different way of thinking compared to academia and academia hates anyone different. If you don't jump in like an eco chamber, we talk about e yeah. academia as an eco chamber. Have you ever gotten academics in the real world? It's like they don't know how to talk to people that aren't other academics. They do seem, yeah, they have a type. Yeah, but just the way that they communicate in their viewpoint in academia are most people are so similar, like in the sense that they, they agree on most points and like they'll argue finer points of things that they all agree with. But anyone that comes with that or that disagrees or has a different viewpoint, they view as not as smart as them. Because if you were as smart as them, you would have to view the world the way they do or see these things the way they do. Um, and academia kind of has this echo chamber that keeps you in that perspective a lot. Well, it's crazy that like anyone, I don't know, what is an expert? Like, obviously people know about a lot about any given domain. Um, but what makes people in academia specifically qualified to do anything other than regurgitate technical information, a la chat GPT-3? I'm just kidding. Obviously, they're doing great original research and like making breakthroughs all the time. You know, like they're sending shit to space and like building technology. Like academia is doing cool shit. Some of but it. Some of it. Yeah, some of it is. But some of it's also just in there sniffing each other's asses. Yeah, it's all <laughs> a like, lot of, like a lot of oh, yes, yes, that, that administration, is I guess. Ass, you know, like have you heard that? What's up? That there's a lot of administrative growth. I have not heard this. This is a new idea. No, like, what it's just like, like a, I think like a culture fight, like uh, a over like the last 20 years, a lot of the expense of a college has gone to administration, not education. Oh, for sure. So like administering the education has become more expensive than actually the education, you know? Yeah. For, well, because you imagine the Internet should have like cut college cost in like a fifth. Like, remember when you used to have to go buy books and go online? It's like if you were doing this. You could have put everything online. You would think that college would then be a lot cheaper. But it's well, still how can we place. not have like a free accredited college? It should be totally free and accredited. College built. used to be free, in the, like everywhere. It used to be free here. It should be. Yeah. Well, you could just make it online. Yeah, you could. But now college is more expensive than ever, and you need less to do it. Like but you, like, it could be free. Don't it you could think? be. Yeah, for sure. You could so definitely it probably will be actually. At some point, you know, it like you know. Do you How think long? So? Yeah, totally. Like a hundred years. Yeah, like, hundred years. That's so. But like, okay, so then twenty-five years. I don't know. No, I'm just. I don't know. I'm just like thinking. I don't know. Maybe we'll go back to it. I also think 
how long do you think the United States is going to last as a dynasty? I think the humans are going to are here to stay and we're going to shoot out there and, you know. No, 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 not humans, the United States, right? Like you look at know. every dynasty in history, they've all you get what goes up must come down. Don't you think like it, if there was a world government, it would all just be adopted by the countries according to whatever their productive and value whatever their value Are you, is so you're saying we're you think we're headed towards a world one world government i think that's inevitable <laughs> you know like once you're like let's say you were actually on mars for real have you heard about that movement on Mar- going to mars people want to go to mars all right good luck but yeah yeah but like you know if they do it like you just keep building spaceships you'll build a vehicle that can do it you know, they'll find a way to make it economical, probably. Do you think so? Yeah, like if uh, they have their plans and if their plans work at like half of what they intend, it's still like a blockbuster or whatever, you know, like it's still something, a big victory. Because this is my only thing about going to Mars. So we've been to the moon, what, th- we've been, we went from 1969 to 1972, we went to the moon, what, 13 times? I have no idea. But yeah, about. Probably. Okay. And then since then. Is that the Apollo missions? Yeah. So since then, we have not, no one has been like walked onto the moon officially. Right? Yeah. So one of, two, this means one of two things. If you imagine that we had the ability to do this in 69 through 72, 50 years later, our technology should either make this so much easier, should simplify this problem that we should just be popping in and yeah. out of the moon. Yeah. Or what they tell us is that oh it was not it was so financially ridiculously ludicrous to go to the moon that we don't go that we don't go up there anymore no we're going to be popping yeah because we're going to get reusable rockets and like they're going to make them as good as uh aircraft because it's a material science problem but why haven't we gone back to the moon in 50 years because nobody economized it like that's what elon musk is doing he's giving business opportunities and providing things cheaply with a margin uh, his take, I guess. I don't know, man. Something about it doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense to me that we could do it so easily in 72, 69. And now I don't think sudden- it was easy. I think it was a monumental effort. In fact, I think NASA's budget was like multiple digit percentage of, uh, GDP. Right. It just doesn't make any sense to me though, that we haven't found a way to consistently lower that to a cost that's manageable. We already or, did. We already did with reusable rockets. But why SpaceX. haven't we been to the moon since 72? That's the question I can't answer. Well, they're not built completely. Right. And that's the question. If we had the ability to do it, then I just imagine like, okay, we're already here. We've done this. Now, how do we make this process? Unless we said going to the moon is no longer worth it. I to just where think we you don't get this enormous there. tailwind from technology and the growth of technology. It makes everything easier. You know, even bread becomes cheaper. Housing prices go Not down. Eggs. <laughs> well, yeah, like an in inflation. But I think we're peak. I think we're peak inflation. Mm-hmm. I think it you happened think a while ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's what the latest I heard is. But... Um, what was I saying? Technology has this tailwind of like crazy automation. Now imagine if everything was done with robots. Okay. Let's just say for like 500 bucks a month, you get a humanoid robot that can cook, clean, do laundry, pick up groceries, take your dog to the uh, groomer and 500 bucks a month. And it's a humanoid robot. 
fuck that noise. You wouldn't get that. I watched iRobot. Fuck that. Okay. Right. Well, I, what if it was free just for the experiment? No, I don't want some fucking robot listening. It's recording everything and it's like just streaming Even it worse, into the database. I don't want that snitch in my house. Yeah, everything <laughs> is immediately I, I don't want that snitch with police access in my house telling people what's That's going the on. Cost. That's what's the up? cost. That's like, the cost is yeah. your, 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 your privacy. Your, yeah. yeah, you no longer have anything that's now for you. It means your, your whole life hit, is. What do we call it? You you have no more privacy. You have no no what your own personal space. It's it's all gone now. Your whole life is now on video for somebody to watch, which and it's also a lot of power to give to something that I don't really know what what like what is this thing's motivation to just be my personal slave while looking like a human. We learned how slavery ends. I don't trust this motherfucker. What is it based off of AI? They're going to have... Is it learning? And, it's, and it's, like, it's also like you yo, have I to hate do the right materials. Ben, dog. I'm like what if it. it could only walk like seven miles an hour max and buy the materials like they would crumble unless it like figured out nanorobots. What? <laughs> I don't know. AI is scary. AI but, is very... Man. So what is it? Tapped into like some giant AI that tells it what to do as it learns? Yeah. And then it just decides one day it's going to lock me in the house and shut the shit down because it's not hyped with what I'm doing. Will Smith, iRobot. Yeah, I just, a, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's really going to happen. But You know, here's the thing. I think they're going to be a lot simpler, but I think they can be automatic. No, I, I think, uh, well, I'm not worried about, honestly, like a, the, the fact that it's a humanoid robot going to come into my house and choke me out. But I do think AI having access to the grid is a wild thought. AI being in control of the grid. Because at some point, if this AI is as smart as we say it is, and it's learning as fast as it is, like dude, like one of the things that he talks about in this book, by the way, and uh, everything is fucked, uh, Mark Manson talks about this idea. He's like, if you look at the idea, so like the uh, Google created an AI bot that went every, like a bunch of people create um, automatic chess players, right? Like because playing like computer chess is like a thing, you create like a, 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 a bot that can play chess specifically. And every year they'd create, like they'd have all these computers play each other to see which one was the best chess one and everyone would make it specifically to chess. Uh, Google built this AI bot that never played chess before. Yeah. And then it competed in like the chess finals against all of these things against the top one of all of these like chess bots built to process two point whatever million moves a second or however fast it can do. And it got smoked by AI that never played chess before. Yeah. AI taught itself how to play chess and then beat the best chess AIs in the world. It's deep learning. And, yeah, deep learning like that. And then to the next level, and there's like a Japanese version of a similar game, and it did something very similar of things I didn't know. Over time, everything that we create, if AI is truly to that level, it's inevitable that it's going to be able to overtake whatever we're doing at that time. Like if we create a grid, what are we going to keep it out of the grid system? It's going to find a way in. It has to. If it, for if, efficiency. Yeah, for, for that purpose. It's going to have that. Yeah. And at that point, then AI is going to be in control. Um, at some point, we're going to be listening to AI. AI is going to be the new president the new god the new religion is gonna but that's be why we have ai with a voting app right like that that's so perfect. we vote for ai is that what we're gonna be we're yeah, voting for different too. models of ai that, that too yeah we vote for different models of ai to <laughs> run our to run our voting app uh which is the government would you be would you be okay with ai running our, you know you know keep the keep like i don't know well, if anything there should be more politicians you know like a hundred times more maybe 
politicians. You think so? Yeah, just like make it a community distributed thing would limit corruption instantly. It would just distribute uh, concentration of power to get a lot more of them. Mm-hmm. But we like started with 50 and we like it. Or what is that? 100 senators. <laughs> we got 100. We're going to keep this number because our constitution. You can realize these guys wrote these like 300 years ago. Yeah. Like It's, something like, it's yeah. like been a while since we wrote the constitution. So long. It's, it's, it's wild that we still adhere to it. Like to like to the to the T that we do. Like I, I mean, I get it. I get why the way that it was written, it makes it hard to like make amendments. But we can... There's got to be levels of things that we just have to be able to adjust a little bit quicker compared to what this document was 300. They couldn't imagine the world we live in now and what technology has made it capable to do. There was like, oh, well, we got to write this law because they're going to need horses and buggies to get them places. Like they didn't anticipate the internet yeah. making the world a fraction yeah. of the size. They didn't. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't thinking planes are going to be able to Yeah, jump on this bird. I'll be there in two hours. They're like, things are happening in real time. It would be like awesome if there was a way for everyone to be able to express their opinion through a voting app. That's too many opinions. But you just aggregate it with AI. So who, why does AI decide who's is better? Who writes, whatever who decides, bias whoever is writing does, the, the ai is the people vote does they AI, vote on the models. Does yeah. ai decide its own algorithm just based off of what it gets it creates its own model well just i think people vote on models that people create like yeah so people create the models well they have to yeah of course why doesn't ai create the models it's the uh, new leader why no, doesn't it like create the best model possible the intelligence that's what people are doing <laughs> they are putting their minds into the machines that's all of computer science is like, let's reprogram this thing into that. So we pretty much are just plugging ourselves in to become yeah. little little guinea pigs on the machine learning environment. We're just like plugging ourselves in and giving it to it. I think a lot of what like the growth of computing and engineering technology has been around making it easier to do intelligent tasks. And that is artificial intelligence in a nutshell. Like you, you're when I, I do a lot of engineering and not a lot, but like more than anyone who doesn't code at all. Uh, and so very little, I do very little, but when I first started making websites, I used to have to use tables and like HTML, HTML, JavaScript, but like specifically these tables were so hard to work with. And like, you'd have to like have a button with rounded corners would be like five image exports in like a center line and it could only grow horizontally. Damn, were you making these on like the big room size computers? Or? I was, <laughs> it was like fucking front page 2001 oh, shit. Uh, making websites. <laughs> and you were in the early games of making websites. Yeah, I was making, I was making websites. And um, so, but now everything is so much easier. First of all, you could just tell an AI to do it and it'll do a pretty good oh, job no, it's, or it's Squarespace or whatever. Right. And everything just gets easier over time. That's all I'm saying with technology. So you have this massive tailwind to everything. And as people are like evolving from like, you know, the human being is differentiating from the human animal. Part of what is accelerating that is technology. Yeah. Technology for some. I think as technology and access to technology is going to be the biggest growth in the sense that it's going to be the biggest differentiator. I think right now we're seeing a uh, wealth inequality, right? That's growing very large in this country um, compared to like any other time in history. Like in terms of we've had um, like the gap between like 
what do you want to call them, the top 5%, 1% or whatever have you versus like the rest of the, the people and have you not. That growth has been exponential in recent years, especially based off the numbers of like the pandemic and companies that grew and yada, yada, yada. However, as that gap increases, I think technology is going to come to a point where tra- when you talk about transcending the human animal, like have you seen like uh, yeah, have you seen like Altered Carbon? Do you know what that is? Yeah, I like right. that show. What's up? I saw that. Right, right. So yeah, like that idea had, like, of like the disc. And yeah, the back you have and like essentially your, your consciousness is. Yeah, your consciousness is kind of upload can be uploaded into things called sleeves in the show, which is like yeah. a human body, like avatar. So, yeah, so like essentially. And I think over time, and I don't know how many years that'll take, but I think if you have enough money over time, you're going to be able to essentially blow your consciousness for like ever for intensive purposes or for like but longer it won't be about of time. money. It'll just exist for anyone. No, because in order to do that, I think access to do that will cost money. For the I mean, early adopters only. Once they make it safe and reliable, it'll become the cost comes down. You can offer it for free to anyone by free, I just mean like it's generally accessible. Yeah, but if you're a poor, if you're poor on the street, who's trying to get you to keep coming back and back and back and back? Yeah, well, you probably need to like <laughs> you. You know what I'm saying? I don't think anyone's gonna be like, "Yo, this guy's homeless. Let's bring him back as another homeless guy in a cycle." Like, yeah, I don't like think that's how that process have, is. Maybe work. that's you have to have some credentials, I guess. I, yeah. I guarantee you, I think money is going to be the barometer because if you think about you're in power for extended periods of time, or you have like a you you have access to this technology. Are you really going to want everyone to come just keep up the like, yo, we can keep coming back and. But it's I, free. It's a computer program. It doesn't cost anything to run. No, but it does cost to it maintain, to upkeep. Yeah, it's a fixed and cost. It is. But who's paying, that fixed, who's, who's paying that fixed cost if you're not able to afford it? Well, I just think it would be able to house so many billions and trillions of people in a VR world, if that's what we're talking about. If maybe let's say who we are talking about that and it's able to house that. Um, who's paying to maintain and upkeep that, that they're yeah, willing the to subsidize, yeah, the, subsidize the cost. If yeah. the government's doing that, why are they doing that? Uh, just as a serv- like why provide clean water? That's not the same as saying that people with nothing can be reanimated for life. That doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Well, just in the like way that we think avatars. Now. What's up? You know, just like a limited caricature, you know, like a picture of them. Not how they actually were. But maybe like depends on how much information you have about them. Maybe you can do some that are deeper than others. I guess the whole thing about that idea that seems wild to me is that Governments have spent all of history killing people for less. The fact that they're paying to maintain that for more blows my mind that you think that's something that's possible with when we're talking about the duality of human nature. Because one thing that we can do is we build all these things and we do all of these things. One thing that it showed us is there will always be a population that gets scrubbed out of that history because they were getting shit on. If someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. And a portion of our society will always be winning I mean, losing if we have somebody that's winning. That's how it's been for since the beginning of time. So saying that everyone would get re-sleeved in these like altered carbon, I don't think that's, I just don't, it's hard for me to imagine a world that's so different from our own that people believe that there's equity and equality for enough people for that to be the case. We're going to have so much free energy and compute power. Like, we got to do something with it. Like, what if we build a million energy? automatic robots? Free energy? Robots. What, what time out? How are we? 
we're developing fusion. It seems possible, like in the fullness of time. Here's the problem. Here's what I say. And, and here's what I mean by that. We can create any technology we, have, we want. We also have already have nuclear power and can develop that a lot further. And that's the crazy part is we can. And we've been so able to. So we have to. the energy to do things. I'm not, I'm not saying. My, my argument is never that we're not able to do them technology or the things to do them. What I'm saying is no matter what comes out, someone will always find a way to use that to profit. And if somebody's profiting, they are winning using this thing. Sure. And yeah, if somebody is capitalism. doing that, that is capitalism. Exactly. Then that somebody will also be losing on that spec. Yeah. That is. Un- so, so what I'm saying is, so the idea that a government would be like, Hey, here's this technology that we can use for people when it starts out with early adopters for people with money to be like, Hey, we have this re-sleeving technology for, if you have this much, you can create these sleeves and keep you your consciousness downloaded on this thing in the server space. And you can keep putting your consciousness into a body and coming back and we can do it for this price. I, it, it, it's wild to me to think that a government at some point would be like, yeah, let's make that accessible for everybody. What if it just became free because you became so good at administering it? What do you mean administering it? Who became like, good at what administering What is the it? bottleneck in producing trillions upon trillions of units of those discs? You know, like you have to uh, just see what scale. Like, you know, you can do anything at scale. And if the scale is like every person on the planet, you can do anything materially possible in physics. Yeah, it's not a question of if it's possible. I'm not disagreeing that it's possible. I just find it wildly unlikely. Well, it's like space travel. Like you need somebody like Elon Musk to cap economize space. Yeah, I, and capitalize on it. But Elon Musk also said he was going to fix Detroit water, and he gave two high schools filters. Like, I, Elon Musk said he was going to build what? the boring company, and it was going to look like some underground he thing. From the thing. Hip, yeah, listen, but. I love it. But here's the thing: Elon Musk has also showed that it's an uh, there's an idealistic way of thinking that a lot of people have, and I can like your 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 perceptions seem also that kind of way. Like, I I can see that. My whole thing is that regardless of the idealism behind these ideas, there is going to be somebody who's in their best interest to go against that because they are profiting from George that. Soros. Is, is that the guy? I don't is know. The one? I don't know. I don't know anything. What's like, up? <laughs> I just hear his name. I listen. He does shady shit. Is, is he the one that's in the Congress lying about shit? No, that's not. I don't know. I, I think he's like this rich guy that people protect. Yeah, the rich people are fucking doing. They're all doing sketchy shit, like yeah, the Peter Thiel blood true. people. Those motherfuckers. Yeah. The blood. Do you ever heard about the blood? The blood banks. I on wish the I was one. I would be a blood banker. You'd, you'd be a blood boy. Yeah, I'd be a blood boy. Would, would you donate blood to Peter Thiel? Feed to me like a twenty-five-year-old Swedish. I don't know. Twenty. Why not? Uh, fucking Swedish champion. A Swedish house mafia member. Yeah, just like a nine-foot-tall. <laughs> You know, and just get his blood, blonde hair, blue eyes, <laughs> and get that vampire in you, and just fucking suck it, suckle it, dude. I, and it, well, I think you literally just jack their blood in your veins. <laughs> I think it makes you younger. I don't know. Lance Armstrong did it to his own blood. I would do it in a second. So whatever. Like, would you really? Well, what's so crazy about that? So what if it was like if you could? It was like two grand a pop. 
wouldn't you be selling your blood all day long? I'd be selling my blood all day long. I used to sell my plasma in college. But this would be like a hundred times that or whatever. You it know? would be. But there's a part of me that's like, bruh, I just, I would hate that feeling. I don't, uh, you're uh, literally selling yourself. There's, the, but there's got to be some like optimal way that you can extract blood. No, maybe not. I'm sure maybe there just is. just drain them of life. Oh shit. You probably you're just draining drain yourself of life. No. Well, it's your blood. You're, you'd be adding life. What's up? You're, you'd say you would take other as people's the blood. old person, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. Like, or as a young person, totally, I would be selling. Oh, <laughs> yo, I got that blood, dog. It's that old yeah. positive, bro. This shit is if fire. Can, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Oh, positive. Man. You should know your blood type, right? Fuck. <laughs> Do I know my blood? Do you know your blood type? I don't know. No, I haven't. You know, I've just always assumed that. Yeah, fuck it. I hope I don't need to know my blood type. If I do, things went. I've been told it, but I forgot. Yeah, I definitely, I used to know it. I think it's O positive. I don't think I'm O positive. Or I can be AB negative. I don't know. One of those things. I don't remember. It's one of those things, but my blood's pretty cool, apparently. So I would infuse. What's up? I would infuse. I think if I remember correctly, I have a rare, I have a rarer blood type. Because I remember when I was donating plasma or blood, they said that, or maybe I have a very common, like a universal donor blood type, which could be like the O positive, I think, one of those. But either way, they were like, we want your blood. I was like, Caleb, is that you? This has been proven (laughs) true in rat studies. If you jack in a younger rat into an older rat. It, it like takes their blood. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's total vampirism. Yeah, it, absolutely. That's crazy. It's how Lance Armstrong won all those uh, Tour de France's. And oh, never... I thought he just jacked in steroids. No, what Lance, Lance Armstrong was blood doping. So blood doping was he would take his blood and store it, freeze his blood, right? And his blood, and he, he's clean. He'd take his clean blood and he'd store a bunch of it. And then he would do a cycle of like whatever he was doing, anabolic steroids or whatever, HGH, while he's training and all that stuff. He does a cycle of that. And then he would cycle out the dope blood with his fresh blood when he had to take drug tests. So then he's clean on every. That's why he never got cut on a drug test because it was his blood and it was clean. That's essentially what you're doing. You're taking a younger person's blood and then you're putting it back in your system and cycling out with your own blood. Well, wait, was he using it to pass tests or was he using it to enhance himself? He was using it to do both because if I take clean blood that has... So zero, he was putting that blood back into a system? He was cycling that bad... That's what blood doping is. Your blood, you're cycling... It's the same thing. You're cycling in new blood with fresh oxygen and clean that's drug that's drug-free. So he was actually injecting his own blood back into the system, yes. not just being tested. He was okay. being tested, but the tests That's were come up with his shady. own clean blood. So he was actually using it to like get his normal oxygenated blood or whatever. Right, because when you take a bunch of steroids and you do a bunch of shady shit, your blood so comes up like cleaning his So system? he was cleaning oh, his own idea. blood. Shit. That's the same thing you're talking about. That's oh, I'd like to do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> the yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to land Armstrong myself. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd feel so young and fresh. I don't know if I could be a vampire. I mean, it worked like, would for you him. be a vampire if you could? Oh my god. He he won seven tour de France. What's up? Would you be a vampire if you could? If like, I had to, but I had to live off like cycling out blood from other people. Like I didn't get, have to drink it, but I had you to cycle get immortality. It like that. But yeah, you got to drink some blood. <sighs> that's fucking weird to me. Is it? Yeah. That's that's. Would you do it? Oh, I totally. I don't, In a heartbeat. Uh, Any vampires? I also don't want to think I'd live. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd want to live forever either. 
Really? No. <laughs> I don't know. That. It's just, I feel like the one cool thing about life is, and I'll try to think about this, is that we it's it's we got to die sometime. Yeah, right. But don't you like, want to be in control of that? Like, absolutely. No, I don't because I don't. Sometimes uh, this is going to be very counterintuitive to most people. I don't think what I always want and how I want things to go is the best for me. Like in the yeah. in the sense that, like, if we all knew what the best thing for us were, a lot of us wouldn't be in the situations and mindsets that we find ourselves in. Yeah, like we don't yeah, always. Everyone know. caused all their own problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, if you take in the fact that you got yourself to all these problems you're in, you're like, maybe me deciding this isn't for it. I also don't want AI deciding it for me. What if it was really good at it? No, because AI to AI, and this is what I don't want is. Unless maybe, and this would be too much, but the problem with AI is everything about AI, I think, would become to aggregated totals and percentages of, like, this has to happen to this amount of people or whatever, and it'd come up with these, thus making me just another serial number in a long line of them. Which, As if you already are? Uh, no, I already am. But we all are. I don't want to. I don't want to, that to be that obvious. I want to be able to lie to myself that I have some semblance no. of self control no, in this it's life. It's good to know that we're all just like a serial number in the government database. Yeah, we are. But like sometimes, but like deep down, I'm like, man, if I really wanted to, though, I can like go to South America and get off the grid. You probably could. Yeah, exactly. I could. The the fact that I have that option in mind makes me feel like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm like a part of it. But if I didn't want to be like at any time, I couldn't be. But I would hate to live in a world where I didn't have the option to then be off of that. Where would you go if you just wanted to like, you know, fuck off? Where would I go if I wanted to fuck off? Yeah. Oh. Like, but for like a couple of years, maybe. Uh, South America would be number one right now. And then Asia, well, actually, oof, between South America and Asia, because those are the two continents that I haven't spent enough time on. Like, I haven't really been to a lot of Central, uh, South America, and I haven't been to Asia yet. And so those are, like, two places. So I have a trip, uh, like, lined up my, my South America trip. I'd go to Peru, because one of my friend, good friends' family owns, like, a bed and breakfast out there. Check out a lot of the sites. The, just because I want to see, like, a lot of the Inca stuff, the Machu Picchu stuff. I know it's touristy now, but I think it's cool to just see that stuff anyway. Yeah, to see history. Um, yeah, and then I'd want to go to Brazil, check out Rio, check out the, the rainforest, and just go travel there. Then I'd want to go to Patagonia, so Chile and uh, Argentina. It's more than a jacket. What's up? It's not just a jacket. Yeah, yeah. who would have guessed, right? Who would have guessed? Yeah, go to Colombia. So I have um, a long, probably stay out of Venezuela. <laughs> go to oh, Chile. Yeah, it's yeah. High corruption. Yeah, yeah. Venezuela is wild. Um, but yeah, so check out a lot of that. Um, so that would be um, ideal. That, but then I also want to go to like uh, Asia and check out like Thailand. I'd want to go to Japan, South Korea singapore just i don't know just to see it i just love to travel i've traveled a lot but i want to travel some more like i want to go to more places yeah it's cool to see new experience new lands and meet new people yeah i mean just in different general. cultural cultures and ways of doing things and like you know for real it is like just cool to go and see something totally new and different for sure. And I think one of the things that a lot of people hear, like, and I did too, was like, go to Europe, you go to a lot of like Australia or like England or whatever. And like UK, it's like, 
it's very similar to here for the most part. There are things that are different, but there's culture and society. You know, come to Austin. I can't tell you the difference between Edinburgh and Austin. A lot of white people. Uh, you know, like it's not. I mean, there's differences, obviously. But people in Pflugerville. Yeah. Hmm. Fucking. Right. So I don't know. I feel like there's that. But I think it'd be so different there. I'm hoping. And I want to go back to Africa. That's like the ultimate trip. I was born in Africa. So I want to go back to Africa. I haven't been back since I left as a child. It would be cool. So, but they say that Lagos, Nigeria by 2050, I want to say they say, or 2100 is going to be like the most populated city in the world or like this like cultural hub hub of a big part of the world. What is it called again? Lagos. Lagos. It's the capital of Nigeria, which is like one of the up and growing African populations. Where is that in the country? Geography wise. In the the continent. (laughs) In the the continent. (laughs) It's, uh, it's like North Central. Um, so I don't know if you know the way that Africa looks like it's got this part and then it like juts out around here. Nigeria is kind of like in this middle portion up here. So it's like the central, not too far in the North, but it's not Egyptish, a little South of Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little Southwest of Egypt. So, but like almost central, like Egypt's very central. So it's almost like in the same line, but just a little South and a little bit to the West. So, okay. Well to the, yeah. So that's cool. But yeah, so Nigeria's a, I don't know, man, Africa's a, have you, uh, Lagos. do you ever listen to like the Joe Rogan podcast, by the way? Oh yeah. I've heard it before. So you've heard, I mean, but like yeah. some people like, no, everyone knows it, but like, do you listen to it like consistently? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm I, a subscriber. Oh, wow. I'm <laughs> yeah. a subscriber. I'm gonna make it. Keep on subscribing. <laughs> okay. Anyways. But, uh, but one of the guys he had on there, um, it was name was like a Siddharth Carr or whatever. He was, uh, the journalist that talked about mining in the Congo. Um, that was that episode where Joe Rogan just kept going. And it was just like, oh, there was just deep sighs from Joe Rogan as this guy just talked about atrocities of mining in the Congo that produces all the electronics that we have. Yeah, we like to talk all about it. We don't like to do much about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a very interesting thing. But like, so that's the country I was born in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congo. Yeah, the, the Congo. So that's where I was born. Um, but yeah, so like when you talk about like when we talk about well how did you come to find yourself in america (laughs) like when did your parents like so migrate so my parents moved i don't my parents moved here when i was like one and my parents came and then i came like four years after that so me and my siblings were like separated in africa for like a while and then we all like met up and then came to the united states and then like i met my parents when i was like four i was like hey what's up like who are you guys listen i've been on my own for a while guys i I got this and they're like you are your parents benjamin i was like listen i parent myself now no but yeah so there's like a we call it the lost years because no one really knows kind of what happened in my life like there's like four pictures of me total from like a three-year span in my life where i was just kind of like it was like a two-year span, but yeah, it was a little, I don't That's know. It was, <laughs> yeah, it's a very wild story. But anyway, so then we met up with my parents, and then we moved to Colorado. So that's where I like grew up and spent a majority of my childhood. Uh, in Colorado? Yeah, so I grew up like right outside of Denver. And between Denver and Boulder was like a majority of where I grew up. So what was the delay, if you don't mind me asking? Like, why were you guys separated? Because we couldn't get visas to get out of the Congo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they couldn't, they physically would not let us out of the country. That's funny. 
Yeah. I mean, not funny. It's just that's it, terrible. But it's funny how life works like that. Yeah, it wasn't ideal, but I don't know. It's, it's uh, I don't know. It happened the way it did, and it's like looking back on it. Like when I tell people like about that whole story and like being in Africa and all the stuff that happened, people are like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy and traumatic. And like, do you I remember think, four years old? I don't think I remember four. I remember stuff from being in Africa when I was really? like, three years old. Absolutely. Wow! Like I remember the like it's the thing is like the things that I remember they're heavily traumatic. For, they're not like traumatic, but they're like impact moments in my life. Like I remember those like specifically. They just they play like movies in my head sometimes. I just I remember them. And my mom wasn't even there, so she would have never. So she I used to tell her these stories, and she's like, "That's not true." But m- finally, probably when I was like in my early twenties one of my uncles that lived with me in Congo during that time came and I was telling my mom about a courtyard I used to play in with these kids. And then I, the neighbor having this pet monkey that used to come over when I wasn't eating. And I used to tell my mom this stuff and she didn't think it was real. My uncle was like, yeah, then they had a monkey and used to play with these kids in this courtyard in this place that we lived in. And I was like, I remember that. Like, like you played with it. What's up? You played with it. What do you mean? The monkey? No, no, no. I was terrified of this monkey. Oh. This monkey scared the shit out of me. Oh. I, bro, I, <laughs> you know, like the monkey screeching at Chris and family guy? Like, that was literally my childhood in Africa with this neighbor's monkey. I was terrified of this monkey. That's why I remember oh. that monkey because it was like a very high impact moment in my life was this monkey being like the bane of my existence. And I remembered that. And my mom was like, that's not true. I was like, mom, where, where else would I get this from? Yeah. And then my uncle was like, yeah, they had it. And so it was just like, oh, I tried to nice. tell you. Yeah, so there's so there's certain memories like that from Africa that I still have, um, but not a lot. Like I don't carry like a lot of that, but which is funny because I can't even remember like yesterday, but I can remember that. Yeah, short term memory, probably the weed. Yeah, off yeah, it's weed. a nice cloud. It's a nice barrier. Yeah, no, I don't know. Just been on a lot of rants. Um, th- yeah, dude, we have been ranting, but. What were we talking about before weed and the cloud? So what? What were we talking about before weed and the cloud? Uh, we were talking about Joe Rogan podcast being from Africa. I don't know. Yeah, we we just we, we I don't know. We've been talking about a lot of things. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, how could we consolidate? Uh, are you trying to say we should wrap this up? No. Uh, how do we recap? What have we talked about? Well, let's see. We talked about AI a lot. No. What else? We talked about, you know, I think you have a very, uh, this is why we need an AI to <laughs> AI list the topics live, the, the, the topics. Yeah. I think it, uh, would be possible. Probably. Or we just get like a producer. That's true. Yeah. You know, we just get, keep humans in the mix. Um, well, was anything interesting about, uh, what Rogan, uh, yeah, we were talking about Tom Cruise and fucking cults. Is there, uh, like, is Apple a cult? Apple's definitely a cult. Okay, so what is a cult? Like, are Mormons cults? Uh, Mormons, more of a religion. Uh, is Gemini a cult or whatever? Like, or is astrological a cult? No, because most people don't do anything with them. Um, well, what is a cult? A cult is first oh, a bunch of idiots. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I think a cult is like anything. I think they're very similar to a religion. I think the difference between a cult uh, are... It's like the, a li- religious framework. Yeah, they're very similar. I think the only difference is the, the godlike figure. 
Um, for a cult, that's usually like a the leader. And religion is someone larger than yeah. an individual. Like every religion's got like a Buddha or an Allah or like a Jesus or someone like bigger versus a cult is like, I am your leader, Jim Jones. Listen yeah. to me. And I think that's so religion and cults very similar. But I think religions are things that have gotten past the individual leader into something bigger than itself. And cults are more so. I don't know if that's a real definition, but that's I guess that's where I delineate the difference. But they have very similar yeah, because cult has like a negative connotation to it, whereas religion has a positive feeling. Yeah, I think religion generally, I guess the difference is like when I go to church, I leave and I feel pretty good. You know, like you go to black church and they like sing hymns and you feel pretty good. Like black church will make you feel good when you're yeah. in there clapping and singing the, and they be hitting the choir and the piano. and You'd be like, oh, this is funky. This is good. But then, like a cult, you just get in there, and then he like fucks your wife, and you're like, I don't feel this great. Like every, why does every cult they have to fuck your wife too for you to get in there? Yeah, it's <laughs> that's, just, that's the way it's it a is. power thing. Exactly, which I think that's the main difference is like in church, the pastor. I mean, not saying he couldn't fuck my wife, but he doesn't have to. And he cults are like, to. this is a barrier to entry is me fucking your wife, and I'm always like, all right, that's a bold strategy here. So. I don't know. Why does every leader want to... I don't know. I'm not even married, so I don't know why it matters. But yeah, there's like um, a negative connotation to it, and there's a ton of cults out there. Um, Are there a ton of cults out there? I think so. I think anything that you're like believing in generally is a cult. Yeah, CrossFit's a cult. CrossFit and Christianity is kind of like vegan. Everything, anything that you're like, okay, so here's the question. Can one theory explain everything? Can like any one single framework that exists, anyone's theology, any scientific idea explain all of science and history at once? I've never found it. No. I don't know if it's... No, I just don't. Well, like every religion competes with each other, right? Like, first of all, and they're all the same. It's so crazy. But yeah, like there's there's a couple of basic religions and the rest of them are off of those. But yeah, those... but every basic religion believes they're the right one. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So like by default, you know, everyone is wrong, but the majority is wrong. The majority has to be wrong. If everyone thinks that they're the only one that's right, then that's the only way that works is if the majority is wrong. Um, yeah, which I don't think any of them are right. Well... Yeah, that's kind of what science says. But even science is so flawed. But I was about to say, but science is also like a religion and they're also on some bullshit too. So Yeah, everything is just what we think we know. And I've always found it interesting that we like to think we know so much about things. But like if we look back like a hundred years from like ago, like we didn't we actually do. What's up? Then we actually do know so much about things. We do, but we don't know everything in the sense that we don't know. Like there's still so much more that we don't know in a hundred years from now. We will know so much more. Yeah. But like, like compare yourself to somebody a hundred years ago, <laughs> even just the concept of an atom or a molecule or a planet, you know, like, I don't know, like, uh, anything astrological stars, um, all these would be completely foreign concepts. Yeah. Because those people didn't read, but like a lot of those yeah, concepts that's were a big part of it. Yeah. But a lot of those concepts aren't new. Like if you look at like, if you look at, for example, like hundreds the, of years old, you look at, for example, the, we still 
can't even build the pyramids the way that they did it then with the technology. I think we can. What's up? I think we can. The the way that they built the pyramids there, look this stuff up. There's a reason why the pyramids are so fascinating to people. Like the way that they built the pyramids and like the exactness with which like the tips were pointing, all sorts of different things about the pyramids. They're like, we couldn't do that like nowadays with like nowadays we could do it with our technology now but like the way that they did it then there's no way we could do that now even ahead of time well they had free labor and we would also require free labor through an ai robot <laughs> is ai gonna be do we just have ai carrying it up there yeah do you think ai could build the pyramids totally do you think they could build them better than they could in egypt absolutely yeah like it just depends on your specifications i don't know i i'm sure that they can accomplish like a build you know, I don't know. I, I don't like, think so. I think, uh, or or it goes nowhere. It's either that or nothing. Like there's no in between with AI. Either it can build a pyramid in Egypt for about you know like the same cost as what they paid in Egypt with free labor. Then, but did they have pyramid? Because we can't even agree on if they had free labor to build the pyramids. Well, isn't that the enslavement of the Jews? No, that's not at all. Huh. They, they, the, the pyramids, like people can, that's the whole thing. We can't even agree on like if they, a lot of, some people say that they use slaves, some people say that they didn't. Some people use that, say that they, there was all sorts of stuff. So that's well, the whole. Wait, was it Hebrews? Like, wasn't there something? It's a Bible story. It's about the pyramids? Yeah. Not the pyramids, like Egypt. Yeah. Egypt had a lot of uh, slaves um, in that time, but. Isn't that what they were doing is building pyramids? <laughs> that's what, bro. I think you're talking about Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Doc. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it is from the Bible. I don't know if that's like a real thing, but like, how else would they have gotten built? How how can you explain that? Exactly, they can't, and that's the whole interesting thing about the pyramids. Like, we don't even know. Number one question here's from the archaeologist art the archaeologist.org three questions people still don't know about the pyramids pyramid mystery number one that we still haven't figured out this is from august of 2022 by the way how were the pyramids of egypt built okay they still cannot agree with how they were built this is the time you like that's wait like, what okay i don't know you can you can read it so the what largest is- Egyptian pyramid is made of 2.3 million stone blocks, each weighing anywhere from 2.5 to 16 tons. Like, if I'm thinking about slave labor carrying 16-ton stones up ramps with fucking log rolls to get these blocks on top of each other, the whole thing seems wildly... <laughs> Couldn't you just, like, build a bunch of, like, wooden rollers and find a way to distribute the weight? With and then to coordinate that effectively with with how many slaves you need this to make this work. Because I don't know, like just like unlimited free labor. Yeah, like mm. it seems. Yeah, well, they didn't have wheels back then. You can read this stuff; it's very interesting. I, well, what are the other theories? What's inside the mysterious cavities inside the pyramid? We don't know. And number three. Why did the Egyptians stop building pyramids? Again, no one knows. The whole thing. Does, they were rescued by Moses. <laughs> Moses said, let my people go. Yeah. You got it all figured out. So yeah. you, <laughs> we also have Prince of Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you watch the play. Good. Just yeah. Big Joseph uh, Weber fan. Joseph Lloyd. What is his name? Lloyd Weber? 
Oh, I don't know. I was talking the about playwright that sings. What's up? Uh, mine was a cartoon. Oh, <laughs> the movie. Yeah. Maurice? But no, no, it's a Bible story, right? It's, I think yeah. it's like a real Bible story. Yeah, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think I've seen many versions. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I think like everyone that knows it, no one's actually who reads the Bible. Do people still? Do we? Regularly I think people read it. Yeah. Yeah, so I've heard. I don't believe. Yeah. No, do you read the Bible? Are you a Bible yeah. guy? No. <laughs> Are you an atheist? I've read the Bible most, if of the New Testament. I think. You never read the Old, the Old Testament. Testament. Yeah, I've read some of it. Mm, well, if you read the the Torah. Is that pretty good? The Religious documents are pretty interesting. The Torah, that's the New Testament, mostly. I mean, the Old Testament. The Old Testament and the Torah is, is pretty much what that is. So the Torah is like the, the Bible without the, old, without the New Testament. But yeah, like all of these belief systems have their key document, and that is the keystone of their religion, is this founder story, myth, legend, whatever it is. Right. Uh with like their principal documents, the Quran. Ah, oh, yes, the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon. Yeah, classic one. It is the Book of Mormon. Ah, yes, the Book of Mormon. Great yeah, play. It's a pretty good book. Yeah. You can read it. Did you Did you read it? Oh, like fifty times. Excellent. Yeah. Are you all familiar with the the story? Of I've read that? it probably five times, maybe eight times. The, like of that. Senor Smith. Yeah. Are you yeah, pretty, pretty Mormon? Familiar. Uh, I grew up Mormon. Oh, you and grew up Mormon? Did the whole oh, okay. Thing, yeah. I didn't know. Did you go on a mission or no? I did go on a mission. Where did you yeah. go for your mission? Uh, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. People think of missions. I'm like, is he in Mexico? Need to go to Africa? I went to Colorado. <laughs> no, yeah, it was Colorado. It was kind of a fat camp. <laughs> if I'm not, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, uh, and it was, it was two years you were there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What part of Colorado were you in? Uh... Springs in the Springs, yeah. Okay, yeah. I grew up in the Air Springs Force Academy, basically. Air Force. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, like a Fort Carson or whatever yeah. out there. Yeah, Fountain Fort Carson. That's what it is. Monument mm-hmm. area. Yeah, that's a uh, very <laughs> interesting. Did you like that area? Yeah, it was cool. Did you like going on a on a mission? Yeah, totally. It's fun. You said interesting because you know what? I've talked to a lot of Mormon people about their missions, and a lot of oh, them liked you? it. What's really? That? Yeah, they have. I don't know why. It ha- I mean, not, I say a lot. It's probably like ten or so people. I don't know yeah. over time. Just people have met. No, it's a good experience. Gets you out there. I've always thought that one of the things, if I was in power, if I was a king, the only way I would be in power is if I was a king. I wouldn't want people questioning my authority. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> If that's the only way I'll do it. I was sharing this power stuff and doing these. No way. I'm taking the throne and I'm ruling it like a king. And I think I'd be a great king. I really do. Oh my God. I, I think so. It was very arrogant to say I'd probably get assassinated at some point, but I think I would make a good king. Hey, that's like a qualifier. Yeah. That's how you know you're good. Yeah. You, know, you get assassinated. Yeah. So you got to get assassinated yeah, at I'm, some point. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get assassinated at some point, but for the years I'm in power, I'm like, fuck it. I, I don't have that much time. Hopefully by then you have a backup of an AI disc you know Nah, when i go i go i don't want to come back I wanna no, find, we're yeah. gonna we need to build a machine that lets everyone download themselves so when you die you got like six months before and you can choose to download your mind into a vr okay everything else is it's an avatar it's like a capture it's like taking a photograph it's whatever you were then and maybe it can even learn i don't know but just as a way for people to interact with you after you're gone like they can do chats all sorts of things that would be accurate and you could set different levels so would you freaking 
put yourself into that in that artificial form and or would you just go and like what if like 80 percent of people were doing it what would you do probably not probably not i part of me is like some people are like i think a lot of humanity a lot of our lives as humans or things is the fear of death and i think our society has very interesting look at death where we always fear it the way that we talk about it and then like this hushed reverence that you can't speak about it i know I know a friend, she won't even say death or die because she's so, like, she's, like, wants to live to be, like, 100 or whatever, so she doesn't even say death. And I'm, like, what you you fear and what you, like, love are very thin sides of the same coin, but they're, they, oh, what I loathe of find me. Because when you fear something, you put energy and thought towards it, and in the way that I believe the universe works, it will come find you. And I, but I do think death death finds us all. Like, you can't afford death. And so what's up? It does. Yeah. And I think a lot of what like people do, like try to leave a legacy. That's why a lot of people like they realize that they want to have kids so their name can move on. People want to fucking put their name on a, a building. That, what would be a fun them. number though? Like if you could maintain your health span at age, like say, you know, 30 forever or whatever, you could just like basically have more control over your biology for like an indeterminate amount of time like maybe up to two, 300 years, maybe up to like 800. I don't know, whatever. That's crazy. But like, even just like adding a hundred years is like crazy. And what if it was possible for people to engineer these solutions? Now, is it going to happen in our lifetimes? Probably thought, probably not. But down the line, humans will inevitably put the energy requisite to build um, both like, solutions to death through vr type mechanisms you know Neuralink, just download your brains i don't know maybe none of this will like people won't adopt it because it is too weird but um it seems that down the line what was i saying uh well consciousness is being downloaded right down the line i i think i think yeah like we're gonna have these different ai solutions and um one of them is going to be consciousness downloading to, to cure death. Here's the thing you say, oh, death, yeah, curing death. Well, you said you, the funny thing you say solution to death as a death is a disease problem or something that we can solve. I think it death is, is no, I, I view death differently. I think okay. death is on the flip side of life is death. They're the same coin in order to live you like life. There has to be death. And there the one be. constant of life has always been death. They go yes. hand in hand. You can't have both without the other. So because of their intertwinedness, they're just opposite sides of the same coin. I think what I really lo- enjoy about life is that everything has a risk equated with it. If there was no risk in anything that we did, there would be no value in it. If we knew that we can live for 500 years, I'm going to die at this point. It cheapens the what we do. There's an inherent, like, that's what I love. You're not guaranteed time. What's up? It doesn't cheapen it because you're not guaranteed time. Anyone can get taken out by anything at any time. Yes, we can. And they do, like, all the time. And that's the beauty of life. That's what I'm saying. So, like, there's no guaranteeing you get to anything. So, that's why you just live as long as you want and uh, just count on the universe taking you out at some point. 
What, what do you mean? But that's, that's the whole point. If your consciousness can just be downloaded and you have these sleeves that are uploaded like a like every Tuesday or whatever at 4 p.m., you upload like a fucking yeah, update. Yeah, I don't like save. that as much either. Yeah, I, like if but, you could just take that and then just put it in a new sleeve that just is like a body that's like a young fit body that looks like... No, you it's just, just a blood transfusion. What's that? It's a blood transfusion. And it keeps you alive for a hundred more years? Hundreds. I wouldn't want that either. But you're what you're like one day it's going to be like the most random accident or whatever. Like something takes out everyone eventually. Stars and planets get taken yeah, out. Yeah, old age gets taken out for most Every, humans. We have yeah. I mean not for most humans, but I think like Every human has its age. Like I don't, I don't think that would be for a better society. I don't think it'd be for the betterment of everyday life. I don't. Why not? What's up? Why not? Because the inherent risk of knowing that you have a finite amount of time and not knowing what that finite amount of time is, but knowing that just as long as I keep doing this, if things go well, I could live forever. I or I could live hundreds of years. Guaranteed anything? You're not and. and that's the whole point. You're not guaranteed anything. Yeah. But if you if if I'm taking the stuff and I'm like, yeah, that guy over there is 374 years old, that changes my perspective on time versus knowing like, yo, the oldest human's been like 121. If the things went the best they possibly ever could, I might live to be like maybe 100. Like that's a whole different thing to being like, oh yeah, dude. If I just keep getting this new blood, yeah. I'm gonna be out here to be 474 years old. Like yeah. that's a very different. Those are two different frame of references, and I think if we make it to live 100 as a human, you fucking did it, bro. That's enough. Like your time came, your time went, and and that was the end of it. I think that's I think that's the the whole idea of being human is making the best of that and living that. Well, I think that's true, but the limit is going to be imposed no matter what. So why not have a little bit more control over when you die? Because control is, I don't think we have f- Like what if you control. could just do a blood transfusion and it literally reversed damage and it, cre- and it regenerated tissue and organs and whatever. Your mind is always decaying or I'm sure there's limits to this kind of stuff. But if you had a biological uh, way, a way biologically to like restore and rejuvenate people. So what's the side effects? Because that's not natural. Everything's got to have a price. Yeah. Regardless of what anything is. And here's a firm. But what's the price of the iPhone? What's up? What's the price of the iPhone relative to its value? Well, when children slaves make it $1,000, we found. Yeah, but if they didn't, it would be 2000 Right. So we're okay. We've decided as a society we're okay with a $1,000 iPhone as long as we don't see the children making it by hand. Yeah, as long as they're they on the decided. other side of the world, we don't see them. They're it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. We've decided as a society we're okay with that. Yeah. Now, what I'm saying is what would be the cost of something that heals all your things? Everything has a cost in terms of whether that cost is time, whether that cost is money, whether that cost is physical. Everything has to have a cost. But technology is always making those costs less. In a way, but this totally. isn't about technology. This is your individual body. Like It's got to have a cost. You can't tell me I inject a blood transfusion, whether it's nanobots or whatever, and there's no physical price that, that I have to now pay because of that. There's got to be some sort of a cost. What about Everything like vibrant uh, vitamins and ibuprofen? And you Yeah, know, you, like, but you take like 30 ibuprofens, you'll probably die. It has a cost. Like what is the cost yeah. of this? There's got to be a price. There can't be no price. Everything has to have a cost. But, that, but like the cost should become less and less. Like 
you know, the, the what is the technolo- cost? Because technology engineers out side effects. It does, and not there's. It just changes things. Well, that's kind of an engineer's job is to look and figure out what are the side effects from these changes and how do we reduce that. And in, it's one of the things. Re- it's like a small yeah, part but of reducing, what they reducing implies that they are. So that the question is, what is that? That's my question about the price or the cost, whether that's a monetary cost, whether that's a yeah, physical cost, a to cost. Your, whether there's a physical cost to the toll on your body because you're injecting these foreign substances. And as we know, the human body over time rejects foreign substances. And that's why a lot of transplants don't work for long periods of time. Yeah, but because they'll perfect it with technology and AI. You keep and, and I'm saying that hopeful dream and it and, could be a false and, dream. I don't know. And, and, and I, I listen and I'm sure they're going to affect it in a way that makes it plausible for some. But like in a thousand more. years, you know, like if a nuke doesn't go off, we're going to do it. Right. That's the only thing that is like. Right. Maybe. I don't know, like barring some self-destructive global event, humans will iterate technology, including medicine. And one of the things like, you know, David Sinclair, have you ever heard of him? He's like, I've heard of him. I'm not he's fighting aging or whatever. what, What do you disagree with? I don't know. I said I, I've never heard of his thoughts. Like, I don't know. His oh, idea I don't know a ton premise. of them. I just know yeah. he's like an example of an online commentator on aging research and is working in that field. And they have all like these prizes and grants for people oh, that sure. are doing research. Of course, because everyone um, wants to live forever. Can so anyone, yeah. Well, it's actually a great way. It's like bounties, basically. You People should create bounties. What do you mean? Uh, incentives for like anyone to solve a problem so like bug bounties in code sure sure like whoever like, they pay the most yeah, yeah you get paid out yeah yeah i understand okay so like a bounty to do that and I, I have no problem with that my whole thing is and i've just i i guess i have a viewpoint of the world like i think that technology can only like there's a there's a certain level to which technology can gap can close the gap between animal and nature and human. And I think technology can bridge that gap, but I don't think technology can ever fully close or be end all in that. Okay. What if you got Neuralink? Okay. And it was going to be a total upgrade. Everyone was doing it because you have to just feel what it's like to be inside Neuralink. And, um, but the cost to it was that like you give up a portion of your privacy forever because like, if you join the network, then you get a general sense of everyone in the network. Right. So that means once I join it, the cost of that is now at any given time, my privacy is always, I don't have any privacy. Yeah. People can always access yeah. my brain and what's yes. going on. And that's what I signed up for. Yes. Right. That's the downside of it. The cost is that, yes, I'm connected to everyone else, but being connected to everyone else means they're also connected to me so they can access to me the same way I can to them. Right. That would be the price of that. Right. Yeah. If, I mean, if we're all connected, well, by privacy would be the price. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'd lose our privacy because like the privacy in the sense that like, I don't have my privacy, which means people can access my thoughts on what's going on and I can do the same. That's the trade-off. And I you get, gain a net, the network. Yeah, yeah. I gain access to the network by giving up my individuality and privacy and thoughts. Yeah. Is that time, is that worth it to me right now? It seems no, but 
at a time but, later. But it's like all knowledge, all information from everyone. I don't know. Like there'd be a reason why people would want to do yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what that would be the reason, right? Because you'd be able to access that all in real time. Yeah. And that that would be the that would be the benefit. The benefit is like, hey, anything somebody learned, everyone knew. Yeah. Exactly. Everything that they were putting out there, you can know as well. I do think I, I don't think I'd want to be a part of that. I think yeah. I know like four things now, and my brain already hurts. Like I'm there's all these geniuses that can handle all of that. I think that would create a lot more problems for individuals then it would solutions we like to think and this is what i'm talking about when people are educated they like to think just more knowledge we just need more knowledge and more people knowing more that's going to be better i think that is better I, to a certain extent too much of anything is there's too much of a good thing is a bad thing at no, a certain point no ignorance everything is never good i'm not saying ignorance is good but there's too much of knowing like too like even i forgot it was a, i don't know if it was einstein or Someone was talking about books. He's like, at a certain point, I read so many books, I had to stop reading books because I had too much information in my head in terms of I couldn't now differentiate what was my own original thought versus thought that I'd read in a book, and I couldn't differentiate those two, so I had to stop getting. There's a downside to everything, and I do think, like, we look at it now. Like, we look at right now, everyone thinks they're a fucking expert because they can Wikipedia something or Google it. So then you have these false, everyone will fucking oh, I got this rash or I got, I have a cough. Let me fucking WebMD it now and tell you the, tell me, and I'm a fucking doctor and I'm going to diagnose myself. With everything that we do, there comes a downside and a problem to it that we can't avoid. That's the cost I'm talking about. Technology yeah. can maybe reduce this impact, but when you reduce it, you reduce it in one way, but you have to increase it in another. That's like, why you want to know everything so that you're not ignorant of anything that can help you. You can't know everything. It's not possible you to know, know everything. <laughs> it's not possible. You get like dendrils, you know dendrils into your brain your brain your, your brain wouldn't even it's not that you couldn't know it it's about the recollection of it when you need it to you unless you're unless you're able to talk to a computer and this is the difference you can like talk to a computer and have it bring stuff up for you yeah but that's different from you personally being able to recollect this your brain doesn't work that way it couldn't it just it wouldn't work that way. I, I don't know. There's I'm just saying the cost of doing that. If you look at it, for example, you look at your brain. What is your brain except for a it's a power plant, right? That's what your brain is. It sends electrical charges and signals that the rest of your body yeah, reads so. to, to, to process things. Yeah. So what is it doing? It it's sending power your nervous system. What's that? It powers your nervous system. Yeah. But well, like essentially what it's do all it's doing is sending out signals. So it's electrical power. Your brain, that's why they can read brainwaves because it sends it out in a signal that can be read by a computer, right? That's why like Stephen Hawking could talk with his thoughts by thinking about things because the computer attached to his head could read his, that's attached cool. to him could read his fucking brain. It's crazy, but that's how our brain works. It sends out electrical signals that are almost... Yeah, that, are, that makes sense. Yeah, that are they're completely mechanical. Like they can be read by a system. And that, wow. so now you imagine what is... Now, we overload that with all the information possible. What is the power of now that your brain is working at? And if it's working at this power full time, what is the cost on its lifespan? Did you just shorten your brain's ability to stay alive and power electrical signals because you overloaded it as a circuit? Everything has a cost. Can you overload cost. your brain or is it just like this state machine that just is? Like it is the configuration of the neurons. Like yeah. this is the free will argument. You Do you have free will or not? Obviously the answer is you don't have it in the moment. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But if you go like three seconds earlier, you start to get some free will. 
And then like if you go three years earlier, you really get a lot of free will. Sure. You know, like that's but, just what was tangent. Well, no, I, I'm trying to like just see how like that, that plays into that. I think this is different because you're introducing anything that you do to a human brain to enhance it or enhance something that wasn't originally built there is going to now affect the part of it that yeah. are differently. So now you're going to be like, oh, is, there, is your brain now going to take more blood to pump it because now it's working at an exponentially harder rate, thus taxing your heart. So now you got to get a heart implant that makes your heart go more. But now your muscles aren't able. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all of this is leading to a point where you're going to get to like, we're pretty PCS much fucking shit. robots. Yeah. Yeah. We're just we're cyborgs. Fucking, yeah. We're just cyborgs. And yeah. that's, do you want to live that way? Do you, is yeah, that, totally. what is a cyborg? Yeah. I don't know. Some people want that. I wouldn't want to be a cyborg, but some people would want that. Why not? Why not? What if like the cyborg heart was like way better blood flow, constant use at the O2 level, that kind of stuff. Also, again, back to this thing, there's all of these things. Well, but I guess the question I would be like, if I'm a cyborg, why do I need blood? Well, to have a way to cycle around all the energy and all the oxygen and everything, but, but all the I, nutrients. But, but what I'm saying is they can't make fucking electrical tubes that push nanobots through it. Because if I'm not physically in my body, then why does it need Probably to be blood? Day. Yeah. Maybe you know one I'm day. Saying? Yeah. So then the question is, can I feel things like I can with my hands or what's the point? I mean, if you, I don't know, exactly. like at some point you become something different than a person. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I'd ever want to be anything cyborg. different than a person. I don't think I'd want to be part. I don't think I'd want to be a majority cyborg. I'd like want to be a cyborg network me to the system. Yeah, you'd be the first person to get plugged in. I would be the last. I think I'd wait for a good amount of people. <laughs> I'd one of the beta testers like, out what first. If, like, anyway, yeah. Uh, I'd wait for a good amount of people, but I would be interested to see what the effects are going to be when we have um, people offering all these different levels of solutions, whether it's like injecting your blood or putting yourself into some VR machine. And then also, what were we saying? What, what, what was the VR machine? But I want to be in a fucking VR machine. Next. No, well, it's just like we'll have these alternative options. So, like, I, um, you know what I think would be more likely than like alternative options like that? I think it's going to be more so. I don't know. This is my thing. I think in the long run, what's going to be easier for the powers that be for people is why give people powers of bionics? And this, when people just want to be sedated, the VR world, that doesn't require you to get a new body and blood infusion. That requires you to just be in a place, a room in a fucking state of stasis with just transfixed. Maybe it's some drug or something that puts, that connects to your head or your brain and puts you in a little yeah. world that you're just in like some VR We're world that connects to that. And I think more so likely people are just going to be fucking vegged out states, yeah, just lying totally. on these fucking farms, fucking VR'd out of their goddamn minds. And that's yeah. more likely where people are going to be just living yeah. in this happy little VR world. That's where their whole world takes place. And they're just kind of in their physical body is just in a fucking room somewhere on some couch, just like 
in their VR world experiencing whatever they're doing. Yeah. And I think for majority of, if I'm being honest, I say that's way more likely than being like, yeah, we get these ultra carbon sleeves that we could fucking free run and jump 20 feet high in. Like, if I had to say where humanity was headed, that scenario well, was much we'll, more likely. We're definitely going to get like people that can do <laughs> superhuman feats with robotics because. All of like you have to oh, give no, yourself infinite sure. growth of technology. I'm, I'm just talking over about a thousand that not years. being the common. That's not going to be what's common for most people. I feel like eventually someone's going to be able to figure something out that can do something like that. Like uh, that's not well. Like just everything we always elaborate. We always so, like, do. If you have yeah, like, but if you f- just figured it out, the cost of doing it is always going to be high. And by the time you get that cost down to where it's manageable for the majority of people to get it that want it, there's already something way cooler that's made those money, that those with money or ahead in technology. Well, just think about like clean water or a smartphone. Honestly, for most people, they have smartphones in, in the world I know. In the world, you know. Yeah. That's, a, that's the caveat to that statement because you're talking about clean water. And smartphones, because I know a world of people that don't have either. So the world you know is different than the world that is for everybody. And that's my whole point about this winning and losing thing, because certain people can live in a world where they don't know people without clean water and phones. But somebody's winning, which means somebody's got to be losing. And there are millions, if not hundreds of millions of people or billions, if we're being honest in this world, that don't even have access to that. And yeah. that's what I'm saying about this technology stuff is that, sure, we're going to get to this point to where people are able to do that and make all of that. And someone's going to make this new technology and it's going to cost them. But, but by and large, a majority of the people in this world are not going to be benefiting from those technologies. They're going to be on the losing end of that, just like we well, are Well, the now. losing end only that they're like receiving, in some ways, the most safe and reliable version, which is the one that has been fully no, produced. that's not what I mean by the losing end. I mean, the losing end is, if we're going to be making this stuff, we're going to need more and more of the resources that we use to make this stuff. That's a big part of this. Like you want to say that we can create technology to do that, but what powers those resources? What powers those high metals that are allowed to do this? We New technology. S- <laughs> it's all built on, it's all accumulative. It is, but you can't build technology without raw materials. What do you think this, the, the chip shortage and all that stuff was? They need tantalum to make these chips. You're not building processors out of thin air. Technology is not going to take away our need for raw materials to physically build the way that we power technology. That is a caveat to all of this. And the bigger it gets, the more expensive and grand it gets, the more physical and raw materials that we need. And the more that we mine of that, the more that we get of that, what does that create? Scarcity. And that, that's what's going to make the price of this that makes it inaccessible but everything for everything is renewable. Everything is renewable? Basically, yeah. Like if you like uh, have a proper recycling program for it, yeah, you can make everything renewable. Like iPhones are a good example of something. You're saying with the plug, you don't have the plug, but they are kind of more renewable in the sense that um, I think they analyzed the waste products and the plugs were high. 
hopefully, hopefully it's not just corruption, but either way, they have this program where you can return your equipment and then they take it apart and like get all the valuable metals out and recycle them and store the rest so that like over time they can like process it and recycle it. I guess my question is, how do you think we have a garbage island the size of Texas in the ocean if everything well, is recyclable? People are very bad at renewables. Yeah, people are very bad at renewables because a lot of the stuff that we do don't renew the way yeah, that people tell you they work great. They, 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 things don't. I, 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 there's this image, like, for example, there's this documentary about recycling, and you find that, like, probably it's like 80% of things that go put in labeled recycling don't get recycled. Yeah, I would believe that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they tell you, oh, we renew all these batteries and we find all these metals. And it doesn't work the same way that we do. We tell you that, oh, we have all these clean resources that we get from these, um, these, we, we, what do we call them? We call them, um, oh, what, not con, when they're not conflict, they're, oh. they're, they're, ah, oh, what is, what's the name for them? If they're like, we have like conflict minerals, but they're not conflict. We Blood call them diamonds. No, blood diamonds are like if the classic movie, by the way, shout out to Jamin Hunsu, great actor. But what I'm talking, what's the, the, the name for them? We call them, if they're not blood diamonds, though, the opposite. They're, uh, I don't know. We have a name for like them. That means they have like a clean chain. Like they have a clean supply. Like they're not blood diamonds. Like they, there's oh, a name yeah. for that. Just, I don't know, but I get that idea. Oh yeah. There's a name for it. And Just I can't like remember. a verified, trusted. Yeah. yeah it's uh, like sourced. Like, yeah. Source. It's, uh, yeah. It's like us. You can source or whatever. They can source it. And it's like, it's a uh, clean sourced or whatever. It's some yeah. like that. So we say that a lot about a lot now. But a lot of what we do, it's not because the viability of it requires an effort that most people aren't willing to put into what we have now. But more so, a deeper portion of that is regardless of these technologies, like even batteries, right? We're trying to find a way like Tesla, for example, is one of the companies because of all the problems they have sourcing lithium, which is what's used in every single battery and sourcing a lot of the things. Tesla's trying to make lithium three batteries, right? They're trying to make lithium free batteries. So like, oh, we're not sourcing this lithium from these conflict mines or whatever. We yeah. have this clean sourced lithium. Great. We took the lithium and we clean sourced it or we made a lithium three battery. But what about all the other metals that you needed and all the tantalum that you needed for this? You still source this from the same mine. Yeah. And at some point... The ethics get, of that should be exposed. The, the, and that's the point. They're not. They're not right now. In the world that we live in right now, there's people that work in that are forced well, to do this Well, nobody wants stuff. a tax on their phones. And that's where we draw the line, the inconvenience for us. And that's the whole point I'm trying to make. Because nobody wants the tags, no one wants to point out all of these things because it's more convenient for us not to. Well, it is out of convenience. Absolutely. And that will, there will always be that factor in everything we do, regardless of what the technology can create. That's my whole point is regardless of what technology can do, there's always that factor of like, well, for our convenience, we're willing to inconvenience other people for our convenience. That's the only point I'm making in all of this in terms of the the opposite side is there's always going to be that. And in this society that we have here, no technology can erase that aspect. It can't Um, erase what aspect. The aspect of us being willing to use our convenience for that and harming other people to do that as long as it's convenient to us. Yeah. yeah. That aspect when technology will never erase that part of it. 
Yeah, well, but still, it's going to be people getting smarter and better all the time. And like everything's going to get cheaper and easier over time. And bread is going to get cheaper. <laughs> and there's no way it can be different because everyone is going to optimize and harden their supply chains and their businesses to be more competitive. And all of that is creating this uh, tailwind, not tailwind, this like, uh, I think economically it's called deflation. And it's just like this, things get cheaper over time. The prices come down. So like, what is the cost of the compute power in a modern smartphone versus the phone that they used or the computer on the Saturn V rocket? It's like orders of magnitude more powerful than like the entire Apollo program. Sure. And it's a- just like, but, and everyone has it in their pocket and, 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 and it costs like $700 million or whatever. I don't know. Like a lot. Yeah, because million. there was a vested interest in doing that because now you could track people a lot easier. But you like that's the tell one. That's the tell one is everyone has a million Saturn V rockets in their pocket all day and they can access the internet with it and Google and GPT and all of these ways to like find solutions to problems and answers to questions exist. Yes. But at the same time. All of these things and these waves of now studies have shown that hormones and testosterone and all of these things are being affected by that. So we're seeing people with higher rates of depression and autism and cancers and rates that we've never seen historically. So it's like, what is the price of that? There's a cost. There's a cost. And that's the point. There's always a cost. There's nothing that comes without the cost. And it's like, how are these? And the, the, the question being now, how are these consequences here that we're, that we're barely thinking like one of the things Elon Musk's always talks about. Elon Musk always talks about is, the population shortage that we're headed in and how the lack of kids and he's single-handedly trying to get that number up out here pregnant. He's got like 10 kids. That motherfucker. Keep going. It's him. And how Nick, many you can make him no. and Nick Cannon. They're both like we're racing to, to it. Yeah. yeah. They're racing to see who can put more kids on this earth, but it's like, there's all sorts of these things. How are all of those things going to affect us as we move forward? And I'm like, I love the idea of technology. I think the one thing that people get carried away with technology is everyone always sees the vision of what it could be, but they lose the where we actually are. They they move yeah they don't see the downside of the problems created with that, oh, that and too. what everything that too and where we actually are. But like everything yeah everything has every head coin has a tail side yeah. and 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 it's hard to anticipate what those are. Some are foreseen and some are not. And there's always going to be both. And but you that, have to admit like that throughout time and history things are better than they've ever been times a million billion percent. Sure, in certain aspects, yes. But just like in terms of convenience and luxury and opulence and safety and all things and opulence wealth. sure but on all things wealth for sure but it shows that people are unhappier and more depressed than yeah, they've ever exactly. been at it is that that's the cost is yeah, it better that is the cost that's, that's yeah, your, and it, yeah, i think it is better you, but. so so the, here's the question would you rather live in a much simpler time where you have love and happiness or you live with all this opulence and you feel alone and depressed that's a question that i think each we can have our can cake answer. and eat it too What's i think up? it is possible to have your cake and eat it too i totally think it's possible if you get everything like really well you know mm-hmm. Organized. I mean, if you believe it's possible to have your cake and eat it too. Well, I, in ter- terms of technology, it kind of is inevitable because it really is going to make everything cheaper and easier to produce and more uh, high quality in every way. And, and, and compute power will come down. I don't. Th- and- but see, I don't think that's the case. Like, for example, you talk about high quality and better in every way. I was in Scotland back in August. 
You know that you know that in Scotland they don't allow you to put high fructose corn syrup in the sodas or in any drinks out there. But that's like a cultural. It is a cultural. You thing. know, like, and that's my whole point here is that we decided here that it's more important for profits for Coca-Cola than the health of the people that drink the Coca-Cola. So we allow yeah. for hike. We decided that as a people that everyone's like, yeah, the company business needs to make their money. All I'm saying is we consistently make these choices that make, give me little faith that the choices that we make in the future are going to be for the betterment of everybody. Society time and time again has showed us that is not the case. But that's only recent history. Like if you take the long view of history, you know, like thousands of years for sure, but like hundreds of years. I think also. we just have less access to the historical records there. But, but it, we know that people like lived in squalor and suffering for every moment of history until just like the recent what like 1500s 1800s they lived in 2000s. squalor by our standards but they yeah, didn't have exactly. our technology and people will look at us and think that we lived in squalor right like that is the growth that is the tailwind of economy and technology yeah but just because things look prettier and we have access to smartphones doesn't necessarily make it better for each individual that's the yeah, point that's i'm trying the to make cost. exactly that? i agree the cost yeah, I, I just there's a I, cost to everything the, and that's yeah that's my been my whole point with this whole time but i just don't think that that's necessarily the only most important thing one and two i don't think that's necessarily the only way it could go that's all I'm saying. That's the way that people see like, oh, obviously this is the way that it's got to go. Not necessarily the way that it could go. There's billions of ways that it could go. There's plenty of possibilities in the universe. I think you like to see it this way. You're like, this is going to be the way. But the same way that you're talking about it being relatively new, this trend in technology is also relatively new in terms of how this growth has happened exponentially. I don't think that's necessarily the way that it's going to always be. Well, but, but do, certainly we have plateaus like, you know, like you're saying, and is that what you're saying? Not only plateaus, but the law of diminishing returns. Exactly. At right. some point you reach a point where the returns of whatever you're doing are no longer worth. And I have no doubt that technology, the way that we move and the way that we're doing it will reach that same point. I have no doubt that it, but it then has those to. those plateaus become platforms that you build the next technology on. I, I don't think they're plateaus as much as come down. It's like a more so like it goes back in waves. Well, but the maintenance cost for technology is so um, like fair. It's so fair to who? I don't know. It's like so cheap. It's so cheap. It's so um, cheap for us. It is cheap for us as long as we have those dark people over there that, that that make it worth, that make it available to us. As long as we have those child hands that make it cheap for us. Yes, it is cheap for us as long as we do that. Like the well, maintenance costs yeah, are cheap. Yeah, exactly. As long as we do we, that. So as yeah. long as we keep enslaving those little children and using their nimble fingers to make it, it will be cheap to us. Yes. But, but generally, once you build something... Um, it doesn't cost much to maintain it. Some, I mean, it does cost a lot to maintain it, but it costs even more to grow it. Like it's easier because to grow something, you have to maintain it and do more. To grow something, you have to maintain it and do more. Sure. That, I, don't, I don't disagree. And with so that. the maintenance cost is less is basically all I'm saying of technology. And so we're going to find these plateaus and optimize them and make them more efficient because that's what technologists so do. So are you saying child slave labor is a plateau in the phone right now and we're going to find a way to transcend that? Is that what you're saying? Well, that's probably argument? is a moral issue that so these what, companies should uh, deal yeah, with. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, is that what your argument is? Like, 
Okay, because I, unless we're solving that, I don't think then that solution that doesn't address that is a solution that is better. Well, history will judge everyone, and it usually is pretty harsh judge. History is written by the people that won. Kind of. Not except kind of. more and more, the truth is just generally known. And so generally it's harder for how? one side because it, there's more information accessible for Ex- all sorts of... What's your source for truth right now? A smartphone, but like you imagine, you I pull out my smartphone. Where am I going for truth? I'm going to Fox News, CNN. Where am I going for truth? I think you just have to get inputs and then determine what you. But can I'm asking you right now to show me an example. Like you're saying, it's easily, it's more accessible to get truth and find out. Like give me an example. Like I have a smartphone, I can access the whole. Big well, I think on there's the a lot of Where commentators out there that people pay attention to, and they rely on them to. Uh, in some way to provide a lens right and that's the whole point i don't think there's as many of those commentators with as big of a platform as is possible and i don't think that and i think the one thing that technology does that i think technology as it grows it consolidates us more towards a hive mind yeah and that's what i dislike about all of that is it comes more I feel like there's less and less. Like you think about it, how many websites like people do people actually go on the internet? Like how many websites do you actually check on a consistent Almost basis? Never. Google and whatever the next click right. is. Right, that's what I'm saying. We have this smartphone that can access anything at any time and all this thing, and we use the same like five yeah. things all the time. That's like, yeah, we we're can get creatures all this. Of habit. We are like that's what I'm saying. We can get all this technology and create. We're gonna find better ways to do the same things we are now. I don't think we're gonna change what we. do do i think we're just going to find more convenient ways to do the same thing that we're going to do that's why i don't think technology changes society in the way that we think it does society like for imagine you imagine the 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 model t was invented in like 1900 we still drive cars yes the cars have gotten better now we can get there faster with the car but the car is still a car. It still drives on a road. Yeah, but it did replace a horse. And and before that, like, or a horse and buggy. And before that, a horse. Right, and the horse and buggy is just a more inefficient car. But we're still the technology. But even look at that growth in technology. Same. So you had a horse for all of time in history. Then you get a horse and buggy. And the next day you get a car. And the next day you get a Tesla. That's crazy. Is it though? Yeah. In terms of like time, like when was the Model T invented? About 1900s. Was it 1900s? That's yesterday. 1900s? Yeah, like That 1900s. is like a second ago. Yeah. Right. Well, 1900? That's like a lot. That's like thousands of years. Well, it's like hundreds of years. Well, it's what? It's 5% of a thousand years or something like that. I don't know. When was, I bet you the first, actually the first car is probably the 1800s now that I think about it. Yeah. It's probably the 1800s. I don't know. Yeah, the, the 19th century would be the 1800s. But either way, that's so, like yeah. a couple hundred years. So it's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah it's a couple hundred years. It's um, maybe like three, four, five generations. How many? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is it's changed in the sense that like now the, the, the mode of transportation has gotten a lot more convenient. The roads are smoother. The ride is smoother. thousands of generations. Millions, billions. Yes. I mean, I guess if we're talking about thousands of years from now, what we're going to have. But also, that's all speculation. We can't have any idea of what that'll even look like with our limited with. I mean, we can guess. Well, it's either that or we nuke ourselves. 
that's the only other you know like we're either like gonna that's such keep... a limited perspective how can it only be we advance technology can be perfect or we kill ourselves off like there can be a because million possibilities in between there's... that's so limited type of thinking well because if you take like an infinite timeline and you apply the efficiencies and performance that you can gain through production of high high capacity production of things and just through people optimizing systems including the government or whatever like all sorts of ways to make extant systems function and perform better that's a big part of of what we're always doing is making things function better we're creating new things and making yeah, they're still the same things. things they may yeah. function better but it's still the same thing that's the point but the costs of uh, maintaining everything comes down over time did and it you yeah totally is, is, you think a model t is less expensive than a tesla was well but a tesla is less expensive than tesla was and it will be more even more Less I guess that is less expensive than a Tesla was, but that didn't answer my original question. Well, I don't know how expensive a Model T was. Right, but that's my well, whole point. In it is we're still the maybe same. Maybe it's about th- the same. It's yeah. It, it, everything New technology is, is always expensive, but what is going to happen when a Tesla is twenty five grand with the tax rebate? You know, and it's like cheaper than a Honda Civic. Everyone's going to get a Tesla. Everyone's going to get a no, Tesla. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's going to be the same as the iPhone. Everyone's no, going to have one. No, I don't think everyone's like going to have a Tesla. I it's going to be Tesla and the next two or three. That's the, the I don't know. Like you guys, you're on that Elon Musk train. You're just like, Elon Musk is going to rule the world and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't think everyone's going to. I gonna, definitely don't think that. I don't think he's, everyone's going to have a Tesla. There's going to be like everything. Um, I think iPhone had, iPhone, the one thing that iPhone did very well was one by being first they were able to ingratiate itself in our lives for most people before everything else was yeah first That's, mover advantage yeah they, they were and not only that but they were the first to come out with an ipad everyone thinks they need an ipad which is just your phone but bigger it doesn't really do anything different but people are like i need an ipad so now everyone's now got an ipad it's consumeristic and, yeah exactly they 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 they, uh, they they capitalize on the consumeristic version of our nature um, and then they tied in things to that. So anything that has ability to give us the convenience of being able to be intertwined with our lives, at some point, there's going to be some technology that works like a Siri in your home that ties into your phone that's already here pretty much like Siri works. But it may be something that comes along that's better. Maybe it's through Amazon. Now they deliver your packages and they they coordinate your kids pick up at school or whatever through Uber because they own that too. And they make your meals through Blue Apron because yeah, they own that totally. too. Right. Yeah. So then, then they're going to be like, well, we have now the Amazon phone with your Blue yeah. Apron and your, yeah. your Amazon whatever. And then that becomes a new thing. I'm sure at some point everything's going to go along those lines and things are going to move on. I just don't think the impact of that is going to be as big as your vision of what it is, what you think is going to look like. I just think it's all going to be free and everything is going to get easier because we're going to do it a lot and because make it more efficient. Because when has society has anything been free? Just water is basically free. Like, I don't For now, I think water is going to have a cost in the future. Well, that's we are tapping the reservoirs under the country or whatever. Like We should be more renewable with our water for sure. I think that we're going to reach a point where our physical... I think we're going to exhaust... Technology will not save us from exhausting our physical or be told that our physical resources are exhausted to the price to where the price point of physical resources becomes so high that most people live in squalor again before the alternative. 
No, like I think everything is going to get so much cheaper and easier over time. Like robotics and automation, artificial intelligence. Like it has in history over time? Yeah, like in the same way that the Industrial Revolution created a totally new baseline for society. Um, the information revolution that we're in. So and, I just want to point out, so you're limiting this to just us here in America, by the way, right? Probably for okay, the next like 20 to 40, 50, who knows how long. Sure. Maybe sure. honestly, way less time. Honestly, maybe like it's us and then the world. It probably is how it is. Because the the costs are going to be so free for anyone to educate themselves and be able to uh, tap into all the technology of the species through an iPhone that like some Everyone people will capitalize on it. Yeah, but they don't capitalize on it. They don't economize so it. So what makes you think that that's going to change? Because if they already have access to something now, they're going to have problems already... that have never been exposed to the opportunity. Like one of the big and they problems don't with now? poverty. Yeah. One of the big problems with poverty is you have to focus on it. You know, like if you don't have to focus on it, what do you mean you, you have to focus uh, on it? You have to way. like solve the problem of having less than you need. Uh, you know, like, You've never been poor in your life. Oh, I've definitely been poor. Like, what do you consider poor? Like, Like not having any money and can't get more. (laughs) Okay, that's not poor. That's broke. I'm talking about poor. Yeah, a lot of people have been broke, but I'm talking about being poor. Really poor? Probably not. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I could always, like, fend for myself in some ways and, like, find a way to create an income. Did you, like, how was your, like, family life growing up? We were pretty well off, but, you know, not always. We went up and down. Right, but like you always had like probably like a decent home and you never like had to like worry about like a food shortage or where your next meal was coming from or anything Once like that. in a while, yeah, like in college maybe. In college? Yeah. That doesn't count. That's yeah. just college. College is different. College is a different. College is, it's not poor. You're just college broke and that's different. Yeah, I don't think I've ever felt like a crushing way of poverty because I've always believed in my ability to generate income. Yeah, but you never felt that as a child. Well, and I, like think I got a job different. pretty early. I was like 14 Four? working for, you know, you were fast five? food. Uh, 14. Exactly my yeah. point. There's a saying in like the Jesuit world or whatever. They say like, give us a child till the age of seven and I'll show you the man. In the sense that they say by the time you're about seven years old, about 75% of everything you're going to know in your life, you already know. That can't be true. Everyone learns so much all the time. And that's where we differ on this person. You can look, you can Google this. What? Uh, you can, this just is, see this culture. Is, culture is always changing, you know? But like, you think about, but that's just random, that's random stats and facts and information. Your true core, I'm talking about your core of what you know, how to walk, how okay. to talk, I your believe thought that. processes and how you think, how yeah. you think love throws, all of these the things about system. you. Yeah, your general system is already set. And that's a majority of who you are. Like you think about if you take your human body right now and you look at it like a computer, right? Like when you press control or delete on a computer, you may have one screen up. You have like a Spotify up or Google Chrome, whatever you're running. But then you look at all those processes. There's a shit ton of things running in the background that you don't even notice. You're not even using actively, but they're yeah. running in the background. And Your body working. works the same way yeah. in the sense that you're not thinking breathe. You're not thinking liver to filter this stuff. You're not thinking lungs. You're not thinking about any of that. But it's working just like the yeah. background stuff in the computer. That's all your natural body's already doing that. Everything, a lot of what you're already doing is a natural system. That's already running in you all the time. And you have zero control of that about 75 percent of that happens by the time your age of your seven that's already set right so i'm not even talking about that so it's like somebody who grew up in a place when you were one two three 
before and you didn't know you 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 didn't have access to your parents you didn't know where your next meal was coming from your next thing those types of things in those formative years they change your whole perspective of who to the core of who you are as a person and how you view things like money how you things like love and how you do things like relationships all of these things and a majority of people don't even realize that stuff was instilled in them before they even knew what was happening to them by the time they were like 12 or 13 by the time they realized they're going through puberty most of that was already set in terms of how they view all that before well, they have you ever experienced possible. have you ever experienced like a deep level of poverty have i yeah yes yes i have in africa What's up? In Africa? And America, but Africa too. Um, it's very, I mean, one of the things I like to tell people don't think it's true. I even make a joke about it. But when you talk about those pot-bellied African children, that was me, my brother, and my cousin. And my cousin ended up dying um, from that. We were like months apart. And I ended up living. I always think like at any point, that could have been me. Like it could have been the same. We're months apart. My brother was a little bit older, so he's healthier. But it's like, I guess the thing for me is like being part of that. And it's like, and people are like, how does that, what does that mean for like, well, you're in Africa. That's a thing here. But okay, here's a story. So my grandfather on my mother's side was part of the, the cabinet for the first elected prime minister in the Congo. That prime minister ended up being assassinated by the CIA and other Western powers there. Whoa. Yeah, you can look up the story. It's a whole thing. His name was Patrice Lumumba. It's a real thing. This is all just history. Um, it's, there's, a, there's a whole history around outside of the United States and the world that people here don't ever realize and they won't teach yeah. you in schools. And most people are ignorant to all of it because they've never had to. They don't know like about the it. U.S. bombing people, I guess. And I'm not even talking about bombing. Like, but for like, real, like like meddling in other people's affairs. Oh, all over the world. We yeah. have bases in 123 countries in the world. Maybe it's a good idea. We have more bases than people than, than the countries in the world. Well, we have, but what, yeah, that's we have more idea. military bases in the world than countries in the world. That's a crazy that's statistic. Awesome. To think that's about. a great stat. You know, but what that comes to, there's a price that comes with all of that. And a lot of yeah. that cost is paid by people that we will never know. People we'll never even care about or learn about. And their whole families are well, paying these prices. Like the military is an important institution of society. Do I think the military is? Yeah. In its current iteration, as as a general like arm of history or whatever, like development of the species, like obviously we need militaries. You know, you know, you need a standing army. Uh, you need like a tip of the spear, right? And even if it's just exploration, uh, you always need to be developing new technology because everything is an arms race. From AI to rockets, it's all an arms race and with every country. And that is probably why it's important to have a world government, actually. It's not with every country. There's like five, seven countries in the world that have a say in what the world does. Let's be honest. I think that the globalization super networked the world. And now we're all having this recession from uh, the lockdowns. Yeah, but even if you go back to like World War One and Two, there's always only been like what five to seven countries in the world that have a say in anything else and everyone else just has to be a part of what they pick a side cross their fingers and hope that side wins that's how it's always been like you look at like world war ii for example poland switzerland they had no say in what was going on they just yeah. got walked through either oh, yeah. on this most side people, or on this yeah, side most people that's and true. those are 
those are better end Western civilized yeah, yeah. civilizations. Now you Most think people. of all those people in those brown countries we don't give a fuck about. Those motherfuckers have no say that whatsoever. It's like American imperialism. That's oh, crazy. To the, to the to the largest of extent, we are imperialistic. Very cool. We've done it here, but abroad, we is very imperialistic. But what if we embraced it? Hell yeah, we put our <laughs> dick on the world. No, just like offer like, an opportunity for you can become all... American by giving us what? Okay, what would be better, that or world government? A world government. I don't want a world government, and I don't think either of well, those. Well, don't you think options. there has to be like a central unified currency for What's all up? the species? No, no, it's I, good I, to have competition. I think. Well, that's could be Bitcoin. That's what people might say. Here's a real thing that I think. I think we can create a system, whether it was like Bitcoin or whatever. But I would say, instead of having more, I mean, one having less. I'd say we have more instead of breaking apart. Why should New York and New Jersey be in the same political thinking as Kansas and Missouri? Why should they view the same? Their, their, their right. interests aren't the same. Yeah. Like, so I think that we should have smaller municipalities the same way that local voting is more important than voting for the presidential election. For if you're really being honest Probably about true. voting. Yeah, I'd say you have smaller municipalities that have more control over their areas because then you can have a better say in what's better for the people around you. That way, what are, your, what are the needs for the people here? It's crazy to think that someone thousands of miles away has yeah. a more important say on what happens to me than the people, than me and the people around me. That's mind blowing to me. So I don't, I'm not one for And say, they're as if they're perfectly representing the interests exactly. of those people anyway. They, they have, yeah, exactly. How could they person, how could they perfectly represent the interests of people here and here? Yeah. I'm like, so why should we have them do that? This is us. We're here. Maybe yeah. we use the same currency. So if I travel to your municipality, we can use the same currency or exchange or whatever, how we figure that out. But our Real laws cool. and our municipalities and what's important to us, we have it here. And maybe we all put in for a government that we can access if we have like now we all put in like, OK, this is our GDP or whatever. We put in this amount to a general fund that funds a military that could be used to Dude, defend awesome. certain things. But other than that, we don't have some fucking military that fucking all encompassing and imperializes the world. Like I think if we focused on individuals and certain things, municipalities better would be a better for the individual people there than making things global because then you have a power source that doesn't give a fuck about the people on the bottom. My view is always tinted by being born that person on the bottom. That's what tints my view. Being that fuck from that country where the people don't get to enjoy the iPhone, but they mine all of the stuff that's used in the iPhone. Being there, we don't get to the, the freedom that the uranium creates, but we're the ones digging with our hands and our lives to produce the uranium that's used to create the freedom for those that have it. There's a fucking irony to that. And that's what I hate about all of this is that because it's so convenient for us to forget that. Because we don't see it, because we don't yeah. think about it. In my life, because of where I'm from, it's something that never leaves my mind. It's always in here. I can't let it go because of that. Who knows? Things go different. And there I am in that fucking mind living that life. Because somebody's got to be there so for someone to be here. To everything. And that's the point I'm making is that anything that doesn't address that first that doesn't is not a way that I can get behind. Like, yeah. I don't care. We have all the technology in the world, but if we're not 
It should so, start from the bottom, like efforts to improve things. Yes, everything should start. Anything you're but building, we, we don't do that at all. No, we squabble we over privileges. And, seriously, and, and that's why I don't take any of that bullshit seriously because it doesn't mean anything. Everyone wants to get on their high horse about nonsense, but until you're starting at that point, I, I don't care. The about whole what high debate horse you and be what on. everyone cares about is like who is popular in American culture. At least I don't know. Like maybe other people are watching like other things, but like what it, what is the narrative out there yeah and that's all people focus on nobody is nobody is focusing on the bottom one percent of society why isn't there a news program that has the number of starving people it, on a screen on a dashboard because it's convenient that, not to see it and i'm yeah, not even exactly. talking about the right. bottom one percent man that that bottom is growing a lot wider than we like to imagine than we pretend it is but i think that and, is always being lifted up the rising tide lifts all ships i think it's always rising I mean, it is it, through economy and production and technology. All of these things scale, and we have so. It is so much easier to uh, have a loaf of bread today than a thousand years ago, five hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, fifty years ago. And as the cost of bread declines, that's like a, a tailwind for society. But a loaf of bread now means so much less than a loaf of bread did back then. Exactly. That's the well, difference. Well, there's the cost of, Th- that's of the, comfort and nihilism. But what I'm and, saying is when you scale it, the yeah. change isn't as great as what you think the change would be. If you're looking at, say, the same way we're looking at a cost of a Model T when they first came out to what people made per hour at their work, the yeah. same way that we're looking at the cost of a test now to what people make per but year people There's, could afford it what's that up? was the whole point of yeah the that's, the, that's the whole point what i'm saying is the scalability of it isn't as large of a gap as we think it is yeah. it looks like it is but it hasn't changed that much in the same sense that the poverty is still for most in terms of purposes for a lot of people in the world still the same way it was just on a different scale you want to talk about internet and technology for example in the congo right now Nine percent of the country has power. Yeah, that's a crazy stat. It should be 100 percent all the time. That's the point I'm trying to make. And that's just one country in the world. Just just one. Yeah. Just Just give the country electricity and you'll change everything. But that's the point I'm trying to make. We could very easily with the technology we already have now do that. Address that. Isn't there a lot of like sunshine? Can't you build solar panels? We could. You know? It's really easy. That's the thing. We could do all of this. Why don't we? And that's what I want. And that's the issue with the technology. We don't do technology to make the betterment. So when you're like, oh, it's going to be free. It's illegal We're all to do it. develop a nuclear reactor. And, yeah. you know. We could do all of this stuff. This We could do this yeah. stuff already now and stop. Absolutely. If we... If that was what our goals were. Yes, yes. But that's the whole point. I don't think our goals have ever been that. And I don't think the better technology is going to change what our underlying yeah, That's never going to change because it it's is out of change. sight, out of mind. That is yeah. how it is. And that's how it's always going to be regardless of how good the technology gets. That's well, the, the best thing. technology deep be, does become out of sight and out of mind because it's it, it's just part of society. It's part of life. You don't even think about the internet. I used to be able to feel a disconnection from the internet. Now I just know I'll have a device that I can always, you know, interface with. Yeah, but there's a way. whole like third of the world who's like, what is the internet? Um, exactly. And that's crazy. And, and, and so that's, like, and that's the I think humanity would be best served looking at 
this is why you need a world government or something unified across all countries because it's the only way to actually address the bottom, which is the cheapest, easiest part to address. That's the funny thing. It's, yeah. It's like the easiest part to do. You know when people aren't doing the easiest part, it's on purpose. Well, that, you know. And that's, that's, the, that's the rub. Yeah. I like to believe. Well, but the purpose is just like whatever their selfish rationalizations are for how they've, you know. Yeah, the human animal because we're Well, but animals. the purpose is like, I don't want, I don't care. You know, that's the purpose. I got my iPhone. Like, what the fuck? That's the yeah, purpose. because our purposes are are individual. The the, the the animalistic side of humans is yes. naturally narcissistic. Well, that but it's not, like not telling not a narcissistic kid like that a better, but they're like starving we, kids in China. Great, ship them my sandwich. Exactly, but no. What I'm saying is like narcissism, narcissism in the sense that like we're the most important things in our world at all times, and our and our instinct is always on self preservation as individuals. Yeah, and and so that's that's why. I don't think... I think that's the ego's position or whatever. I mean, like, if you believe in the Freudian version of the ego, yes. Or, or I think that's like a, a way of looking at one's... No, I'm just saying like in bases, like like base psychology, like our, our need time and time again to survive as individuals is, is our biggest, like our base need is self-preservation. We don't want to die. For a majority, that's why suicide is so abstract in our society. It's yeah. so like it's so taboo because we're like that's it goes. The cost. Yeah, it's like because we're like this person doesn't want to live. What? It's crazy. Cost. It blows yeah. our mind, and we look at it like no, because self preservation is such a strong thing, and that instinct of okay, I have must preserve myself. Always like, okay, how do I keep myself alive? And then like you go for myself and then you're like tribe, the people around me. And so because of that, we will always be okay as human nature with those people that are out of sight, out of mind, not being okay as long as we're okay. That's self-preservation. But That's what's annoying nature. is we are all okay already and it would take such little time, energy, and effort to we? build. Who is all? Uh, Those are America. Those words. Yeah. Not even in America. Who's all in America? There's some in America. It's crazy all. that there should be unhoused people in America. Like, don't you think you could just take jails, right? And just put a hose machine and flush them out once a day? Anyone who wants to go stay in a jail cell, it's an automated thing. You just get the key, type in the code, whatever. Then you know you're sleeping safe because you're locked in a cage. That's nice. And to be uh, locked in a cage, do you even hear yeah, the but you control what the you're cage. saying? But you control the cage, right? Like the entry exit. Like <laughs> you have a passcode. It's just like renting a locker at a Disneyland. Why does it have to be a jail? Why can't it just be a room? Well, it's got to be like able to protect you from other people reliably. Um, because people in jail now are very safe. <laughs> yeah, or I don't think they are safe. Yeah, yeah. But, but this place would just be like a homeless shelter, and then to clean it, the whole thing flushes with a million gallons of water that gets recycled once a day. I hate this idea, and it's a really? terrible why? idea. Okay, That's why? horrible. But like, you can have a warm place to sleep for anyone at any time. You can house millions of people that way. So the only way that you can imagine to house a lot of people is to make them go to jail nightly is what you're saying. I, that's what I would want to do. So they have to go to a new jail cell. I would want to. No. So they have to go to a new jail cell every well, night. Well, maybe they can rent it for like months or years. So, yeah. so you want to give just people the option to yeah. rent jail Just indefinite. Yeah. So I'm indefinitely renting a jail cell. Yeah. 
That's called being yeah, in you prison. Get yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. Like, it's better than like being outside. What? Don't you think? I would no. rather rent a jail I, cell. I would, or not rent, but I, like, uh, you know, like a, I would rather it's, sleep it's clean, at a park. It's warm. I would rather get shanked by a homeless person what? with rabies at the park than put myself in a fucking jail cell indefinitely. That is such a fucking wild what, idea. What's so bad me. about a jail cell? Like, you just sleep there eight hours a day. What's so bad about there? Have you been locked up in a jail cell? No. But, like, I would want to go to a prison. I'm just talking about, like, a homeless shelter. Like, basically, imagine a factory building with, like, the same size rooms. It's all the same, so it's efficient. Literally, well, everything is the same. I've been to an actual jail. I can tell you why that's a terrible idea. Because you know the way they keep order in jail? How? with prison guards do you know why you couldn't have that same system of a jail without guards i think the same way people get murdered in prison i think they'd become communities like people would live there for years they'd have their cell right because like if you can like set unlimited then you just know that's yourself for unlimited time and it's warm and it has water and a toilet boom solved and then once a day, it just gets flooded with a million gallons. It's like you a stainless live, steel toilet. You live in this bubble world of Elon Musk and not realistic. Well, that's like problems. a... Not, not it, even no, that's like a scale solution. Yeah, like that's the world he lives in. Is like, okay, if you do something enough, the cost decline. How much do you have to do it for the cost to get close to zero? Yeah. As close as possible. But no, what I'm saying is there's this element of your, that type of thinking that forgets the biggest portion of any solution is the human element because yeah. that's the biggest part and your solution has a zero on the human element and that's what well, people like you like elon musk and those things don't get is because they don't think in terms of solutions that th their solutions don't include that's why elon musk says all sorts of crazy things and what he said versus what he actually does he said all sorts of things what has he actually done that he said he was going to do that worked out the way that he said it was going to do or better very few things well, I think he's created a lot of value for the world and new technology. In terms of what? Just like cars and automation and batteries and apparently actuators and artificial intelligence and chips and just uh, robotics in general. And artificial intelligence. And rocketry and finance. <laughs> How does, you're, you're listing all of these things. How does that affect an average person's day-to-day -day life? I don't think it does yet. I think the impact. It's like when right. you want to so plant a tree, you want to tend that overvalue? that is going to bloom for hundreds of years. That's, so, I think, what. But that's what I'm saying. I think his roses already bloomed and they were just for him no, and his bank no. account. No, it's uh, all of his wealth has yet to come. His wealth? Yeah. No. It, like... Everything he does is unprofitable. Um, is unprofitable? Yeah. I don't think that word means what you think it means. Well, like <laughs> SpaceX always needs to raise money. Yeah, Twitter Unprofitable, is, yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, hemorrhaging money, I guess. Uh, and um, anyway, all of his ventures are losing money. Tesla is just breaking, you know, like they're hitting the exponent first. But all of them are going to hit the exponent. It's the same as rocket launches. Tesla, Tesla's lost like $200 billion of value. Yeah. Tesla tried to grow in China and England. And but their growth rates are constant. Not in Asia. It's struggling immensely in China. But even if it falled in half, it'd be twice as much as Toyota. Which is an artificial value that we created based off of Elon Musk. Tesla doesn't... Tesla's worth... It's so crazy to me 
that and I've always thought Tesla was overvalued just as a stock and it showed because of this value loss. But you can't tell me the company that sells, I want to say it was like number 10 or 11 on the most cars sold list is the most valuable car company in the world and never added up. And somehow people bought into that and then were surprised when its stocks dropped in over $200 billion. Well, it didn't help that he recently. used his stock as a piggy bank to go on a raid of Twitter and overpay for it but this but, is the genius that you're behind it's everything how he does everything yeah, I, elon musk great. says he's, he's gonna, gonna consolidate do stuff. all the wealth into himself and, and yeah and i don't think he's gonna help everybody in the way that people think he will well i do think he does have a pattern of creating doing crazy bets with a lot of focused capital and risking a lot to make those happen um and what what wins have come from those bets Tesla is a big is a big Tesla's win. the biggest and Tesla's been used to subsidize the rest of his things that have been hemorrhaging. Yeah, but also um And I also like Neuralink is a seed, right? That's like a 40, 50 year seed. Yeah, for him to fuck the CEO and have his kid. Like what else is it done? What, you, what is that? What do you mean? <laughs> no, I just Elon mean, like, Musk fucked the there, CEO of Tesla and has a seed of, of of Neuralink. He was having sex with her an affair and now they have a child together. I'm like, really? yeah, of one of his 10 kids. Like, this is who Elon That's Musk crazy. is. It's just like, well, yeah, I like okay. I, I, I like is I think the people that I think the people that like Elon Musk in general overestimate Elon Musk immensely. But they you don't even have to overestimate him. It's about his team that in these systems that he's aggregated. Yeah, around his him. systems work despite him, not exactly. because of him. Right. That's, the, that's power. the problem is it's not him. It's everything that, that he built goes around him. him. Yeah, totally. I don't think he built it. He bought into oh, it, and then I they think he provided a lot of value. They, uh, from what I've read about Elon Musk, and I did a lot of research about Musk to do jokes. Things okay. work despite Elon Musk, not because of him. People have to figure out, like when he was working full time at Tesla or wherever he was at, freeze before he stopped stepped away from working full time at Tesla or whatever yeah, he stepped yeah, yeah. away. They were like, we had teams of people used to occupy Elon Musk while other people did actual work because Musk would ruin the work. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the guy. Like, well, it's but so like he's the vision. He's the eyeball. Like all he's gonna do is disrupt, right? <laughs> no, not disrupt, distract. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what you're trying to do. Like, are you trying to like run a machine or are you trying to grow it? Like, what is the purpose? Whatever he was trying to do, he never did it well. He just needed someone else to well, do but it. Well. That's impossible to be true because of the impact that his systems have had, namely Tesla, SpaceX, Twitter, uh, Neuralink. But PayPal. you can't say Twitter that what he just missing? bought for forty-four billion and then it lost money. He never built Twitter. Well, he just that's bought true. it. Twitter is like, yet to be proven. Twitter's even, a seed. Even Neuralink Tesla. Is a Tesla seed. was a company with a good thing, and he just bought into Tesla. And but like, he totally transformed it. Like he, none of the uh, original he, technology was used. Uh, everything what that mean, he, he built. That's what Tesla he adapted was. it. Well, it was yeah, the original sh- company in the technology. That's what he bought. Well, he bought a brand. You yeah, know. a brand that was good, that created a yeah. product that worked. He didn't create the product itself. But they have nothing to do with like the Tesla bot or all the robotics and AI that's to come, which is the long tail of Tesla. But none of that, cars, has, but none of that has taken Tesla cars. to where it's at now. Right. All of these things are like 50-year plays. They're seriously like generational plays. I, what I'm saying is everything that Elon, what Elon Musk gets credit for doing versus what he's actually done are, are but do you think you'll look back in a decade and not see that he's done a ton more stuff? No, really? I, I think you think we're gonna, like plateaued. I, I think we're going to look back and be like, 
Elon Musk got the hoodwink on everybody. I don't think so. I, I know you don't, and that's why I'm laughing. Well, how, like, completely disagree. what is he going to do with all of his enormous wealth? I'm not going to say he's not going to be wealthy. He's sure he's going to be wealthy. But just because someone's wealthy doesn't mean they get they should get credit for bringing value it's to not about, whatever. It's just about what is he going to do with that money. He's going to go build things. He's going to build things. He, he could have been building things this whole time. Just he like has he been. Built, he's been just like he built the water. Constantly. Just like he did the, the just like he did the, the Flint water system when he went over there, right? Well, yeah. Like if you Here's throw in a lot of reels, then like you're not always going to get one. I don't know. It's a bad metaphor. But yeah, like uh, <laughs> if you if you have like back. you got to have a lot of irons in the fire whatever like you have to have many projects going and um why don't you just start one and finish that one and then move on to the next well i don't think he thinks in those terms of finishing i don't think <laughs> yeah clearly because he doesn't finish yeah That's the like point i think he's building systems but what i'm saying is if you say i'm going to thinks a water system in flint and then you go to Flint and you give two high schools water filters. You did not fix the system. You said you were going to do one thing and then you yeah. bailed out before you did that. And when you show a pattern of behavior that way, that I think over time is going to end up being Elon Musk's legacy. Yeah, I think he's that's a what impulsive in that way. I, I just think that he's a bigger talker than what he actually does doing. And over time, people are going to be like, Elon Musk said a lot. But even but what he actually did, talked, what he delivered is so crazy. Like Tesla is printing more cars than anyone and they're becoming cheaper over time. Tesla's not printing more cars than everyone. Tesla doesn't even sell more cars than anyone. I think that if they're printing the most cars. They got a bunch of cars in warehouses they're not selling. Uh, as far as I know, the demand is uh, like untapped and the costs are constantly coming down. Um, no, they're dropping prices. The only thing for, that they really sales. haven't delivered on is AI. Self-driving is not that great. <laughs> it's not that great. But what I'm hearing, what I've researched recently, they keep dropping prices in China and England to try to get better sales because they've been struggling like that consistently. Well, they're printing cash. They have like $200 billion. They just lost like $200 oh, billion. If you look at their revenue chart, it's like this. And then at hockey sticks. Yeah, during the pandemic, because everything did. Even now, no, it's like accumulating. That's the whole thing is their growth rates are crazy. It's 20, 30% growth rates. I, I, and what do you mean? if they continue for Musk like... lost $180 billion and $200 billion, but since November of 2021. It's not about what they've lost. It's what their revenue is now. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you're losing money, you can't have positive residue and be losing money. That's not how well, money works. Well, you have to operate in a deficit for some period of time. And then you figure out how to make money and boom, you're um, hockey stick. You're, you're hitting that hockey stick. All right, but here's the thing, and this is the problem that I have with Tesla. This is the this is my biggest, the scariest part about Tesla. Despite setting new sales record in 2022, it grew deliveries by 40 percent over the 40 percent. Now, now the next part, the stock lost 65 percent of That's its value in 2022. It's all just a number. The point is their productive power. And the robotics factories. What do you mean that's just a number? If you are yeah. selling more but losing value, that is that's not... Just, that's one figure of one year. You know, what's up? Like that's, that's, I mean, it's a notable, I guess, part of history or whatever. But I'm um, just it doesn't that, have anything to do with their productive powers. No, what I think it has to do with everything is the over-evaluation of what Tesla was worth. That's what I'm saying. It just and depends it's now on come what kind of uh, economy you're in. Like with COVID, we shot ourselves in the foot we, with these lockdowns that broke all these supply chains that made everything more expensive. Turns out supply if, chains if are very that, fragile. If it was that, then all the other companies in the industry should be suffering similarly. Everyone's suffering. Not similarly. Every industry. Being, no, no, no. Not similarly. Being 
not every other car company lost 65% of its value. Well, that's what I, I mean, mean by maybe suffering similarly. If it was they all were part because of, of a that, growth stock and general trend that was like way hyped up. But yeah, like I there think, are yeah. micro bubbles within. No, I think you know, Tesla always, was a bubble and it was overvalued yeah, sure. and it's going to come back down to earth. That's a lot less than what it was valued before. I think it already just has. The, yeah. But, yeah. And I think that's just the basis of Tesla. And I think Elon Musk is very, as a person, is very like Tesla. There's an Elon Musk bubble that's going to come back down to earth. Sure. As people are like, this dude. Is crazy. Yeah, he's not whatever he said he was. Is not he's not who he thought he was, and that's I think is going to be where Elon Musk goes. Well, but, I think he's definitely going to be whoever he wants to be, and yeah, he's, he's gonna not going to be too worried about it. Well, no, but, I'm saying that's going to be his legacy. You ask ten years down the road from now, I think that's going to be that's my opinion of where he's going to be. His where we're going to look back on Elon Musk a decade from now or so, like you asked. That's he's going to build things. He's going to create new products, next generation products with his wealth. I, I think you have. I'm like so sure of it. Like what else would he be doing? He's like out of time to do anything else. <laughs> like he's a machine built to do that. He's built to do it. <laughs> All right. I mean, if you want to believe that. I, I don't just, know. I like don't, I, I, I who could don't. say, it, right? Maybe he'll just like go to the Bahamas and like hang out. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see it, but hey, I mean, if you want to believe in him that way, then you, that's the right you well, deserve to do so. What do you think? Like, what would you buy a Tesla for 25 grand? Probably not, no. Why? What if it was like really good? It if, could drive itself. And you could make 50 bucks a day on it driving Uber. Having it automatically drive Uber. Then I'm sure at some point, and it's going to be soon enough, one, there's going to be a lot of technology that catches it. Yeah. Um, in terms of that. Competitors. Yeah, competitors that are going to catch it, I think is a big point. Yep. And two... I just, Tesla to me is a lot like iPhone. I don't think that they're going to be the best on the market when it's all said and done. I don't think iPhone's the best now. They're just wormed their way into our lives by being first. iPhones? I think they're the best on uh, most. The best at what? I don't know. Like just the feel, the touch, the camera for sure. And the overall like UI and platform and how it has all this interoperability interoperability with, with other what? devices Texas I mean Apple is almost the exact opposite it's very rigid in terms of it only works with Apple in terms of it doesn't work with other devices at all that's Apple's it's a brand thing. new company what's up it's a well it's not new but like no, they're that's Apple's just thing. getting they, to scale they do that on oh, Apple or Tesla no I'm talking about Apple okay I feel like Apple lost I feel like Apple lost it's it's created they they lost its ability to be the leader in creating new things they lost its ingenuity with steve jobs i really believe that uh, that was a big hit for sure yeah and I you need that's why elon musk is actually valuable for those companies despite what he costs is he's providing the thing that people can't provide which is the vision and that's really hard for people so um Oh, and it is like right. it is a disruptive force. It's a disruptive force. I, and again, so I just I disagree on Musk. I don't think Elon Musk is out here changing the world or creating some new vision. But I he just, already has like he's economized space. So James Webb Space Telescope revolutionizing science and all fields of astrology. We're learning already interesting things. Um, and it's only been in operation for a few months and getting higher resolution photos that are cool which is like my favorite part. The highest resolution photos in the telescope industry, better than the Hubble? Way better, way better in different spectrums. Um, I mean, in infrared. So 
they have to like fold that thing up like origami to blast it into space. Now with Elon Musk's new Starship program, they can put either something way bigger or an unfolded, you know, much uh, cheaper design uh, to launch a bunch of them. His what program? His Starship. I think it is Starship. I haven't heard anything about... It's reusable rockets. Giant ones. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You haven't heard of that? I mean, I Google it. There's like a trash can flying into space. Well, all it said was, is Starship ever going to launch? Was the only Oh, they've done a ton of good launches. Google. Yeah, they've had a ton of landings. All right, March launch attempt appears highly likely spacex huge starship vehicle could go into orbit for the first time next month but even if it takes 10 years that it's gonna do like a hundred x reduction in costs what's up even if it takes 10 years for them to build the vehicle it's still going to reduce cost by like a hundred x or a huge multiplier if they're the first or the best to come out with it well, I'm just talking technologically at the species level, like that we're going to get much better access to space in the fullness of time. Like it's going to cost way less to go to space and we're going to be able to build things there. Okay. Yeah. Like space industry is opening up. That's trillions, trillions. The space industry, but we can't go to the moon yet. Well, that's part of the industry. But we That's could go to the moon, but we, we could go anymore. Well, now we, we couldn't, we could, then we couldn't. Now we are going to be able to maybe in five years. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. You throw this out. You listen. It's I, a good and round number, but like some indeterminate amount of time that's in the not so distant future. Your relentless optimism fueled by Elon Musk is inspiring. No, it's not even relentless. It's just like, I, just, I can't find how, unless a nuke hits us. We're going to keep evolving and elaborating technology. That's the only thing. No, people aren't just going to be like, oh, that's a good enough phone. We did it. We made the iPhone. I, 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 I get that. <laughs> this and is I've never the iPhone. That. I just disagree with you in terms of two things. How that technology will be used and who will have access to it and how it will come about. So three things, I guess. So I guess we have a different perspective in what the technology will really be able to do in terms of scope and then access to that technology. Yeah. And It'll become generally available. It's really going to become like all technology it comes down in cost. And so when sure. things Just like are, iPhones are generally available to everyone in the world right now, right? Um, I think that they will be very soon, decades, <laughs> decades, right? Yeah. Exactly. My but point. in the fullness so, of time, uh, just a fraction of a moment Yeah, in the fullness of time, but in the fullness of lifetimes, that's not, that's not the majority life. of them. Yeah. It, but you know, we need to be thinking generationally, like, like you were saying as a government, like we only think 10 years out or whatever. We need to be thinking generationally as a government. I, that's what I was saying. We don't think in the future at all. Yeah, we have to do that now. But that's what I'm saying. Our, 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 but here, if you look at this, right, you say if the rest of the world will have decades, will have smartphones in decades, right? Yeah. That means there's going to be a whole life of people that went through their whole life and never had a smartphone that were born the same day I was. Dude, life is a fucking meat grinder and it is like the most unfair right. so random now, shit ever. Right. So then at some point your access your your that's the whole point is like thinking that because we have that, that meat grinder is going to stop and 
increase accessibility for everyone. It'll just grind less meat over time. <laughs> there will be less meat to grind yeah. as people die out over time, I think is going to happen first. Really? I think it'll just be because people won't have to do as much labor that is difficult. Like, you know, just the cost of bread. Everything will become uh, more affordable. Some people. That's the, the key word there that you're throwing out there. Some people. But, like, how many people could get the iPhone when it first came out? You know, like, it was a big deal to get an iPhone. And now everyone can get one. You could work at McDonald's and get an iPhone. Like, how much is it? It's a thousand bucks? Sure. Like that. we found That's more, like a week of work. Yeah, because we found more little kids that were willing to make it. Just, like, get the cheapest car you can find, paint it, clean it, drive Uber, fucking buy an iPhone because it's worth it. <laughs> or an Android. I buy iPhone. I just mean smartphone. Yeah, phone, but that's totally. the point. We were, you know what we, how we were able to make it cheaper? By finding little small kids in other countries to make it. Yeah. That's the, that's the issue I have with what you're saying is no matter what we do, there's always going to be that aspect of finding the little small kids somewhere else to make it. That's the I think that's a good that. part of history though because history is going to judge the shit out of whatever we do, good and bad. And that feedback loop of judgment is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. That's not history. That's just momentary what people worried about. You look at what we're sitting here taking books out of schools. What is going to record the history? Like, what is the, the, the history that we're looking at? History is wrote by the years of the victor. 50 years from now, people will decide what history is. But we decide what history is now. Only in a dystopia. Like, generally, I no, think No, we decide what history to... is now. We decide what history is now. We decide what we teach people in schools. We decide how we view We're slowly uncovering JFK's assassination. It's happening or whatever. You it's know. slowly happening. Yeah. yeah, we decide what history is. History is not some abstract thing that of what it is. There's no general record of, like, we recorded it and so now you get us back in a movie then this is well, what drives people like don't you think the general human search in meaning religion science that you need something f- to put a you have a space in your brain for to fill that it with drives certain individuals that doesn't drive society i think i think what drives society partly is comfort but also no, is control truth. well yeah like power control, control so many things drives, but, one, but one of the but one of the things that drives us is the truth and just discovering the no, nature of reality. at all. The, the truth is but individuals are driven. But that's the whole scientific Sci- purpose. No. Here's the thing about science in general. Science here is like, for example, there's certain things. Like, we are to the point now where you have to take a scientific study and then you have to review what that scientific study came from, where it came from. Cited who sources. Was, what's up? Cited sources. No, no, no. Who was funding it? Who was oh, yeah. funding the scientific study? A lot of scientific a lot of re- bias. A lot of scientific research now is conducted by certain people to specific ends. Meaning, I run this billion-dollar business of missile ammunition or whatever have you, and I'm funding research for you to find the best way to murder more people. Right? That's what. Yeah, that's the science they're funding. That's the science that we're funding. There's no science. There's very few. And it gets harder and harder to find science out there to fund things that are for the public good. And even when they are created, even when they are, for example, the guys that created, what was it? Originally the patent for, uh, what was it? For um, bee stings, um, for an EpiPen. 
Oh. Originally was created and the guys that made it were for free. And then somebody took it and started charging $500 for an EpiPen to make profit. Makes sense. That is the way that is. Yeah, makes sense. That's what I'm saying about no matter what we have, that aspect will always taint everything that we do in the growth and the freedom that we have for it. There will always be that aspect. Well, do you believe in anything like a balancing force or like basically karma, something like that? Some justice. Like, what do you think of justice? I think that idea is more prevalent in universal karma than it is in the way that society works society distorts karma i don't think there's a societal karma that's like oh i i I don't think that's a real thing but isn't there just a cause and effect to every action for every action there isn't an society and there's a physics and a mechanics to society sure but i don't think that's a in a car i don't think that's in a karmatic view I think that for every action, there is consequences. And that's all. There's just consequences to actions. And some of them are intended and some of them are unintended. And that's just what it is. Well, I like that law of nature that everything has an equal and opposite reaction. That's it. That's all I believe is that there's just consequences for every action. Every action causes something to happen. And no matter what, there's a good side of it that happens that maybe works for you or a side that you didn't see or something that works bad against you because there's that good and that bad. Well, side. that's why you got to know the truth in all things so that you can always predict accurately. But we don't we don't want the truth going to happen. We don't tell the people the truth. Well, we do. We love the truth. Like, I mean, we don't love the truth. Well, not at first, but no, once we, we the realize the advantages of it, we do. We don't want the truth. I, I think, think generally people don't. They do like to stay. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. People want to know a coordinated version of what they believe to be the truth in terms of that makes them comfortable or supports the worldview. People don't want the truth. And well, we nobody don't want to be challenged truth. in their thinking. Yeah, sure. No, of course not. If we, if you, you think if we were like, hey, uh, yeah, we're going to go to this other country and uh, kill this leader so we can uh, install a new mine here so we can grab all these minerals. Are you guys cool with that? I think a lot of people would be like, whoa, we're just going to go murder all these people to do that? A lot more people would view it differently. But when Many all, people would just be like, ah, oh, it's fine. Yeah, a lot of people would be that. A yeah. lot of people would do that. I think a lot of people are going to, but you find out who you are and you find out how people are. But I don't think we give people yeah. the choice to do that. I don't think we come out no. and have that truth. So truth is relative to what is what people are willing to say and what people are willing to believe. It's all relative. Yeah. Everything is relative. Like, and even misfortune and things are relative. Like one person could feel impoverished and have everything. And another person could have nothing and feel wealthy. That's why Americans are some of the, have everything and are some of the most unhappy people in the world versus we have too much. Everyone has too much, but that's what I'm saying is like you exactly with that same idea is that, if we were unhappy because we have too much more technology and more isn't going to make that better. I mean, you got to go forward is your only way through. You got to punch a hole through. But moving forward doesn't always moving in the moving doesn't always mean moving in the same direction. You can move forward and change in course. You don't always have to be going just because we're going down this path of like a reckless abandon that we're going heading headlong with this fucking uncoming onslaught of whatever is coming you don't always have to go that way like you can change course and change directions and i think it's important to always stay moving 
Oh, I mean, staying moving, yes, but not always moving in the same direction and not being unwilling to change because this is the way that we've always done it. This is the direction that we've always been going. So we're going to keep going this way. So science is going to discover us the truth so that we can all make better decisions in real time about our lives, which are going to be made easier through AI and technology in a infinite economy powered by Tesla bots. And we're going to rebuild the fucking pyramids. Um, <laughs> dude, we've had it, such man. a ranging discussion. I love it. And I got to pee so bad. Okay, let's call it. Yeah, so good. I think it's let's about that time. It. But. Okay, well, let's build some Tesla bots to build some pyramids. That's a good idea. We can yeah. start there. If we can't do that, we can't do anything, right? That's the, like way easier than building uh, bases on Mars. The Tesla bots. Oh, it's man. like a thousand times easier, easier Elon, than Mars. The Elon Musk grift. Some people fell from yeah. drinking that Elon yeah. Musk Kool-Aid. Dude, I love the Kool-Aid of Elon Musk. I'll drink it. I, I mean, know. he's like obviously got his flaws, right? Nobody would say otherwise. But um, what he's built is next generation products. Like Tesla is crazy. And SpaceX is crazy. Starship is crazy. Starlink, Neuralink, all these are like fucking. Hey, good link. luck. You won't catch me on Starlink. You won't catch me on the Neuralink. You'll probably never. Oh, I'll catch try me to convince you in the fullness of time. Hey, you can try. You can try. Right. I'm sure. All right, Ben. Where can we find you elsewhere? Lonely Man's podcast socials. <clears throat> Lonely Man's podcast and at Ben Basunga on Instagram, Facebook, and all the places you find that is mostly you can find me and at austincrawls.com look at the business austin crawls we didn't even talk about it but me we'll and caroline it. started it check it out austincrawls.com or austincrawls.tx on instagram so all right ben bazangas thank you guys it's thanks man peace See ya.